Will Alvin Kamara go as high as he did last night? Is Todd Gurley going to slip as much as he did on Sunday? And how will the pros be able to deal with three former national championship Joes? Follow along with the live draft board tonight and listen to our analysis as we call the action from the 2020 FFPC Pros versus Joe's Slim Jim League number two to see who will win a 2021 FFPC main event team. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone. Orange Kool-Aid go good with Patron. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts tuning in tonight. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, as always, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Tonight we have the second of six special episodes for you this year. It's the Pros versus Joes, FFPC Slim Jim League Number 2 Draft tonight. We'll be covering it for the next 90-ish minutes. Follow the live draft board at youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. And a shout-out to the chat room right now. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak is where to reach us. Facebook.com slash HSFFHour is where to chime in and connect with us there. Or if you want to give the call a, a program a call tonight, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OBA. My best friend and audio engineer, Bryce, my mutual friend, or I should say our mutual friend, and producer, Rob, will be answering all the emails at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions, tweets, or emails, uh, send them now, and we'll, we'll try to get to them throughout the program. As a reminder, tonight is the deadline day for the 2020 main event early draft slot uh, uh, to, to get that, um, those, those um, early draft slots on August 2nd. Make sure you are paid in full for your FFPC main event teams. And remember, each additional team, you'll get $400 off. Square those balances away tonight, myffpc.com. You have until midnight Pacific time, so about six more hours, and then she gone. All right, let's get into uh, tonight's lineup. I'm very excited to bring you this draft tonight because we have a great mix of pros and Joes tonight, and they're almost through the first round. Here is who is drafting tonight. 2016 FFPC main event champion David Hubbard drafting first tonight from Fantasy Pros right behind him. That's Mike Tagliere. Jason Averly, a three-time main event and high-stakes auction champ, is drafting third tonight. Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell from Rotoviz and Dynasty League Football. Runner-ups in their Pros versus Joe's Leagues the last two years. They're going to try to break that trend tonight as they are drafting fourth. An FFPC rookie this year, Theo Greminger, is uh, drafting fifth. The Athletics' Jake Seeley will be selecting sixth tonight. The 2018 Football Guys Players Championship overall winner Ross Lively in the seventh spot tonight. 
WGR Buffalo Radio's Mike Shope will be picking eighth, followed by Chris Birchby, a 26-time FFPC High Stakes League winner in the nine spot. Sports Grid's Davis Maddock is in the 10 uh, slot tonight. The 2015 FFPC main event champ Gary Allen in the 11th, and then Elliot Chris from Fade the Noise, picking up the slack in the 12th spot tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to bring you through the first round. First of all, a welcome to my co-host before I um, turn it over to my dulcet tones, or turn it back over to my dulcet tones. Dave Gerzak, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Walking? Doing uh, a lot better than I thought I would be. You know, it, it, these slim drafts, this is a, a departure from what we've done in Pros versus Joe's the last couple of years. Normally we do a 28-round best ball draft. These are slims, 18 rounds, no kickers, no defenses. And as Fantasy Mojo Darren Armani says, no excuses. Uh, so this draft will fly by tonight. I expect it to be done in a little over an hour. Without further ado, we'll get into the first round. David Hubbard takes Christian McCaffrey, followed by Ezekiel Elliott to Mike Tagliere. Dave, two nights in a row. We do not have Saquon Barkley in the two spot, and that's where FFPC drafters have been selecting him. That's interesting. It's really uh, something else. Yeah, this is crazy. So Barkley falls to the third spot again tonight. Jason Aberly gets him there. Alvin Kamara to uh, Patrick and McDowell uh, in the cleanup spot, followed by Dalvin Cook to Theo Greminger. So five straight running backs to start off. It won't be six as Jake Seeley takes Michael Thomas. Derek Henry to Ross, uh, Ross Lively after that. And then Devontae Adams, the second receiver off the board and the second receiver uh, in the first round drafted by Mike Shope uh, there from WGR Buffalo Radio. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the first tight end to Chris Birchby tonight. Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, and Joe Mixon wrap up the first round. Sanders to Maddock, Drake to Allen, Mixon to Chris. Are you? I, there's not much to, to say about the first round tonight, so I just want to get your thoughts sort of on the field tonight, Dave. Three, have we ever had three six-figure overall champions ever in one process of Joe's before we have the 2015 and 16 main event champs in, in Hubbard and Allen in here, plus the 2018 football guys champ in Ross lively. This is insane. That's a lot of dough. It's a lot of dough and they're going up against some, some pretty stiff pros here tonight. I think, and you know, I'm hyperbolic as, as all get out. But I'll tell you this, this might be the most loaded pros versus Joe's draft we've ever had before. <laughs> You're throwing out uh, I have pretty big words there, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's impressive. Everyone's, really good, everyone's a really good player. Have we had a conversation about who you prefer in the first round between Miles Sanders and Kenyon Drake yet? Because I think that... I prefer they, Sanders myself. You do? Okay. Now, despite the I whole... I, I, go ahead. Well, I mean, just because you brought this up, and I kind of agree time, with yeah, you. Yeah, the timeshare that they traditionally run a time. Right, share. yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, Sanders is really... I'm coming around on him more because he just does look like a really high-quality athlete. You know, he was behind Barkley. I, I just um, – I feel like they're going to have to give him – they're going to have to give him touches and have to give him carries. Boston Scott's pretty pretty solid, actually. But he's just – he doesn't really compare. Drake, to me, he doesn't have quite enough of a track record as a feature back. I mean, not that Sanders doesn't necessarily either, but uh, I, I do like the pedigree of Sanders over Drake. Drake, I think, was uh, like a second-round or second-round yeah, pick. he's a second-round pick, yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, he took a while to get established, so I'm, I'm going to go with Sanders. All right, so let's move into the second round here, and Elliot Chris uh, kicks it off with Tyreek Hill at the 201, followed by Gary Allen's taking uh, Chris Godwin, the first Buccaneers receiver off the board, to the 2015 uh, main event champ there uh, is Godwin. The second tight end off the board, Davis Maddock takes him, and George Kittle at the 203. Josh Jacobs to Chris Birchby right after that to go with Kelsey. Julio Jones is Mike Shope 
Uh, starts off receiver-receiver. He is the only team to do so in this draft tonight. DeAndre Hopkins off the board to Ross Lively after that. Dave, are you on board with DeAndre Hopkins going after Jones, Godwin, and Hill? I mean, we haven't seen really Hopkins slip this much before. As far as FFPC drafters go, over the last week in FFPC best ball slims, DeAndre Hopkins is actually going off the board on average at the 206 as wide receiver four. Yeah, I can see the argument. I mean, Julio's, you know, he actually was scoring touchdowns last year, and that was always what was missing in his game. Godwin's going to get, you know, blanketed with targets. So I, I really, uh, I am a big believer in Godwin over Evans on that team. And Tyreek is just, you know, he's talking 2,000 receiving yards. So I, I could see Tyreek over, even even over Devontae Adams easily, actually. You know, what's funny about that is I had that in the Scott Fishbowl uh, earlier this summer. I decided I was going to take a receiver with my second pick, and Thomas is off the board, and I actually went with Hill over Adams there. Oh, yeah. um, and, and, and I think it's a little bit different, um, but maybe not so much. I, I like both of them this year quite a bit. All right, moving on. Nick Chubb falls about a half round later, a little bit less than a half round later, as where he went last night. The Athletics' Jake Seeley takes him at the 207, followed by Austin Eckler to Theo Greminger. Mark Andrews, the third tight end off the board tonight at the 209 to Patrick and McDowell. Aaron Jones and Clyde Edwards-Alera, the running backs off the board after that, after that to Aberly and Taglier. And then completing the second round is the second Buccaneers receiver, of the second round, David Hubbard takes Mike Evans there at the 212. Clyde Edwards Alaire, Dave, at the 211 tonight to Mike Tagliere. Normally goes at the 211. This is where FFPC drafters are taking him as the running back 14 in this format. You on board with that? I don't know if I am. <laughs> uh, I, I personally am not. I, just, uh, I think it's too big of a risk to take a rookie back that's going to have limited training camp that early. All right. So in Tagliere's defense here, and, and I don't know if we talked about this last night, but the winner of each of these leagues will get a 2021 FFPC main event uh, entry for free. Uh, it, it's roughly about a $2,000 value. Second place gets you absolutely bupkis. So maybe there is something to swing for the fences, to go for the home runs instead of the doubles, instead of the, uh, the singles here. And Edward Zolera could be a potential league winner. And especially when you have Tagliere pairing him with Ezekiel Elliott, if Edward Zolera hits, I mean, again, Maybe, maybe not, but you could be looking at two top five running backs there. Yeah, it's possible. Andy Reid, though, you know, he, he, has, he always goes with, you know, traditionally has gone with one, one back. Uh, the back generally has to be a really good pass blocker. Uh, and he took, it took him a while to even bring along, you know, some of his other, you know, top guys like Shady McCoy when he was with the Eagles. He didn't start him right away. He eventually got there, but it wasn't right away. Right, and that's true. So. Uh, Ryan Poole uh, checking in in the chat room tonight, Dave. You remember he drafted with Lou Tranquilli at the 12 spot last night in Pros versus Joe's number one Slim Shady League. He says um, picking first is brutal this year because there's just not much value at the 2-3 turn. And while that might be true, I will happily make my peace with not a lot of value at the 2-3 turn if I can get Christian McCaffrey at the 101. Yeah. That's my feeling on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm fine with the one pick. That, that covers up a lot of warts. Um, it, and and uh, we'll see how these 101 teams turn out this well, year with the McCaffrey. It's interesting what uh, the two number one picks did in each of these two drafts as you're about to hit the third round is they paired McCaffrey with the top quarterback. Yeah, so last night it was McCaffrey and Jackson. Mm-hmm. Tonight, David Hubbard pairs Christian McCaffrey after he takes Mike Evans in the second, takes Patrick Mahomes as the first quarterback off the board at the 301. 
We've had this discussion with a few high-stakes owners over the last few months, and I think for the most part, it's it's been Lamar Jackson as as people like the their uh, like him as their favorite quarterback this year. Jimmy Wagner, I know, called in last night, and we were talking with him. He was drafting in the second spot. He actually likes Mahomes over Jackson as well. Do you have a preference when it comes down? And and you know, again, I think that it's safe to say Lamar Jackson will garner um, a significant more amount of rushing yards this year. Um, I don't know if that makes him more susceptible to um, injury. I'm not sure how you look at that. Um, Between Mahomes and Jackson, if you made up your mind that you're going to draft one of them and you have your pick of either one, who's it going to be? I'd I'd roll Lamar Jackson. I mean, the rushing yards, to me, he just has a higher floor. But, you know, Mahomes was was running the ball pretty well at the end of the – you know, in that postseason at the Super Bowl, he had a lot of rushing yards until he, uh, you know, had all those step backs. And uh, won me the under on his rushing yards, but uh, uh, I, I think I'd still go with Lamar Jackson. Although I, you know, it's, it's fairly close. They're pretty. I mean, they're both amazing. Yeah, they they are both very good. All right, so let's talk about this next pick here from Mike Tagliere. He's getting a lot of airtime here. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster at the three hundred two. Smith-Schuster on average going at the wide receiver eleven at the three twelve. You think that's an overdraft given that he could have taken Galladay, Beckham, Robinson, Moore, Cooper, any of those guys are still out there. Well, you know, they say Juju's going to run in the slot again this year. He's got big Ben back, so he's got a lot of upside. And, you know, there's no way he was coming back to him in the fourth round. So if that's kind of where he has him ranked, he, he has to take him there if he's going to go wide receiver. And, he, you know, he has his two running backs. So I, I I can't really fault the pick. I mean, it's early compared to ADP, but, it's you know, if that's who he likes, that's who he likes. Yeah, you got to get your guys. I think drink that or drink because that's the first time I've said get your guys this season, if I remember correctly. I would say, you know, and the thing is, all those players – I think, after, you know, once you get past Evans, I think all the, the rest of the group, the next maybe like six guys or five guys are kind of on the next tier. Right. So I can see them being a little bit more interchanged, although ADP won't tell you that. The aforementioned Lamar Jackson is the second quarterback selected. Uh, he goes to Jason Averly tonight. DJ Moore for the rainbow start for Patrick and McDowell as they go running back tight end receiver to start. Balance, balance, balance. We heard it from Todd Burroughs last night from the Run to Daylight podcast. Zach Ertz, the number four tight end off the board to Theo Greminger, uh, followed by Allen Robinson to Jake Seeley. Then we see Leonard Fournette falling Ah, about another half round from where he went last night. Ross Lively gets him tonight at the 307. Uh, Le'Veon Bell and James Conner, a pair of former teammates, go back-to-back here. Uh, Real-life teammates, I should say. Le'Veon Bell to Mike Shope, and then you have James Conner to Chris Birchby as his number two running back. A trio of receivers ends the third round here, Dave. You have Amari Cooper going to Davis Maddock, Kenny Galladay to Gary Allen, and then Odell Beckham to Elliot Christ as uh, both the 11 and 12 teams, Allen and Christ uh, get a couple of running backs to start off in the first round. And then they both go receiver receiver in the next two. We didn't see anybody go crazy tonight in the, in the top three rounds and, and go with two tight ends. How do you think that's going to affect the rest of the draft? Are we going to see a more smoother, a, a less exciting, a more quote unquote to form draft tonight, given that we haven't seen anybody double up at, at the tight end position? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, everyone's playing nice, so to speak, right now. <laughs> I wonder, you know, it, it, you say that, it kind of ingests, but um, with these, the loaded Joes that are in this division, with all the experience on the pros side, you know, guys who have done this before, and Tagliere and Seeley and, and, uh, and Davis Maddock and Elliot Chris, um, and all these pros, I wonder if there is something to uh, be said about maybe not going hog wild and doing something crazy here and just kind of letting the chips fall where they may. Um, yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, 
Yeah, so it's interesting because I think if you it, it's to the benefit of all twelve owners for each owner not to do that. You know what I mean? Right. I, yep. I, totally. It's a little bit like the prisoner's dilemma with twelve people, where you know it, it's you're you're trying to it's it's really optimal for the group that that no one does that. But you know, so I don't know. I I, I think it's I think it's smart drafting by everybody. Um, Alan Robinson, Dave normally goes at the three eleven over the last week in the uh, FFPC best ball slim format, which is what we're drafting in tonight for pros versus Joe's. Jake Seeley takes him about a half round ahead of ADP. I don't have a problem with that. I don't know if you do. I think Alan Robinson is in for another great season this year. I love Alan Robinson. I hope you know. I think uh, he he was so heavily targeted last year. He's he's separates so well on his routes. He just seems like he's always open and. Uh, and, I, you know, I, with, with improved quarterback play, he could do even better than last year. You know, it's interesting, too, because normally he is being drafted as wide receiver 11. He goes as wide receiver 10 tonight, which is basically the same, but about a half round ahead. Maybe the receivers are getting pushed up a little bit tonight. And the running backs will fall. Time will tell on that. Moving on to the fourth round, Dave. And as Henry Mudo pointed out uh, in the chat tonight, no one likes Gurley in these. Second time he fell to the fourth round tonight. He falls to the 401. Amazing. Elliot Chris gets a good deal there on Todd Gurley. He gets Mixon and Gurley in his backfield. Tyreek Hill and Odell Beckham uh, out wide. That's not a bad way to start this. Yeah, Beckham can actually stay healthy. He could be in really good shape. I like Gurley at the 401 for sure, followed by another guy, former fantasy royalty here, David Johnson at the 402 to Gary Allen. A.J. Brown is uh, the second receiver drafted by Davis Maddock as he takes him at the 403 tonight. Then we get a pair of running backs off the board. Chris Birchby takes Melvin Gordon. That is his third running back he's selected tonight. And then Chris Carson, the number two from Mike Shope here from uh, WGR Buffalo Radio. He takes Chris Carson there. Cooper Cup off the board to Ross Lively, followed by Adam Thielen, the number three receiver drafted by Jake Seeley. So, Dave, in a format where... Seemingly everybody is going running backs, tight ends, a couple of teams go uh, quarterbacks. Um, out of the first four rounds, Seeley is the only guy to take three receivers. Whether this you know, changes the way that people are going to be drafting receivers in the next couple of rounds, I'm not sure, but I'll be very interested to see how Seeley's team turns out given he only has the one running back and the three wideouts so far. Potential league winner, Jonathan Taylor, the third running back drafted by Theo Greminger as he uh, pairs, or I shouldn't say pairs, he adds Jonathan Taylor to his running back uh, uh, core with uh, Dalvin Cook and Austin Eckler there. A trio of receivers then next. Calvin Ridley to Patrick and McDowell. Uh, DK Metcalf, the number one receiver for Jason Averly. And then you have Tyler Lockett, Dave, at the 411 to Mike Tagliere, followed by Raheem Mostert, the freshly re-signed Raheem Mostert. I didn't and, hear that news. Tell yeah, me. no, he, uh, they, they, they updated. um an extra half million? They, like, no, shut up. Yes, it, it was. was it? I don't know if it was a half million but I know they didn't add any years on to his contract. I think it was purely a financial thing. I'm, I'm trying to find it right now, uh, but I do. Let's well, well, I, can do my, I can do my own homework, you know, and find it. Myself. Okay. If you want to do that, then that that's, that's good because I do want to talk about again, Mike Taglier, uh, his pick here at the four eleven tonight. Now he takes Tyler Lockett one pick uh, after DK Metcalf goes, which is interesting because not only are these guys real life teammates, but Tyler Lockett, on average, is not going until the 5.08 uh, at wide receiver 22. Now, I, I actually just listened to a podcast with Mike Taglier, and, and I, I, he didn't say anything too shocking in there. But, but one of the things I've, I've noticed about him over the last several years is, um, and I think this is a mark of a, of a good fantasy player too, he cares not for ADP. He is going to get his guys. And if he has to draft them earlier than the, the hive mind is saying, so be it. 
Um, if, if guys he doesn't like are going earlier than he's comfortable, he's, he's not going to, to, to get them at all. But he is definitely going out and getting his guys tonight. Edwards Alaire, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Tyler Lockett significantly, as significantly, at least a half round ahead of their ADP on all three of those guys tonight. He's going out and getting his guys. What do you make of the Tyler Lockett pick at 4'11"? Um, you know, he's not who I probably would have taken, but you know, it's fine if he likes Tyler Lockett. Uh, you know, it's interesting with Metcalf and Lockett going back-to-back, Metcalf going just ahead of him now, and I, I get that. Uh, I probably would have looked at uh, Terry McLaurin, who was the next receiver drafted, actually. And, there, you know, I, I don't have the list of receivers in front of me. There's probably – might have been someone else I might have taken in front of Lockett. To me, you know, they, he just doesn't command the volume that they that I would well, be looking Well, especially with Metcalf now, yeah, too. Yeah, um, By the way, uh, Mostert, uh, 250000 signing bonus, but plenty of extra incentives. He could make uh, up to $5 million, and he was going to make three, so – He's going to be in the neighborhood of Tevin Coleman's salary, so I guess there won't be as much jealousy in the locker room there. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, yeah, thanks to uh, Brett Tesler, had that on Twitter earlier today. Um, let's, uh, I want to revisit this 49ers backfield conversation a little bit later in the draft, but I, I think the Mostert thing is interesting. Um, and David Hubbard takes him there as, as his number two running back. I should point that out uh, as well. As far as the rest of the fourth round, Dave, um, if I think I'm seeing this correctly, Taylor is the second rookie running back off the board. Um, we've talked about him quite a bit. Uh, I know you like Thielen this year. Uh, A.J. Brown last night went at the 508. Tonight he goes at the 403. So you're talking about a round and a half of difference. Where would you be comfortable taking him? Um, is the 403 too early? I know the 508 is way too late for me for Brown. I, I just he's such an electric talent. Yeah, he's a talented player in a low volume passing game. So I'm just I think I'd be looking at Cooper Cup, Thielen. I do like Ridley quite a bit this year. So that those three players for sure, I would probably take over AJ Brown. I think maybe I would between him and Metcalf, I. That's right. It's, that's pretty close. Yeah, it is very close. I just do, uh, want to remind everybody, too, if this is the first time you're ever listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, I want to remind everybody, we do this show year-round, uh, Friday nights at 10, 9 central, live on blogtalkradio.com. If you can't make the live broadcast to hang out in the chat room with the other High Stakes players, uh, you can basically get it anywhere podcasts are available, except for Deezer. We're still working on that. Deezer. Not, not available on Deezer. That's but, good. That company will be out of business before we get out. Nah, I don't think so. The hell uh, is Deezer? No, nah, they're pretty good. They're big overseas. I can tell you that. Oh, HSFF yeah. Our Japanese listeners are just you know, waiting for Deezer. More Europe. More, oh. But yes, yeah. HSFFHSFFHour.com is where you can get us, uh, uh, obviously. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, Podchaser, Audioburst, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Podbean, PocketCast, Radio Public, Podcast Addict, and Anchor. I think you're just doing this to spite me at this point. No, I'm not. I just want to let everybody know that's uh, all available on your iPhone or your Android device uh, as well. And I don't know if we'll hear from him tonight. BlackBerry, BlackBerry. Uh, Not available on BlackBerry. You uh, will give a shout-out to Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com. He is the guy that designs uh, the Pros versus Joes every single year. He puts this all together with the Joes and the Pros. Check out his website, FantasyMojo.com. If you are in an FFPC league and you haven't subscribed to that, you need to do it right now. It is an absolute must. It is a wealth of knowledge, huge database of ADP, draft boards, and what have you at FantasyMojo.com. Check that out. Let's get to the fifth round here, Dave. Darren Waller, fifth tight end off the board here at the 501. Quite the rainbow start there for the 2016 FFPC main event champ, David Hubbard, as he now has two running backs but a receiver, a quarterback, and a tight end. We talk about 
the importance of not going early quarterback and early tight end in this. Um, but we haven't really talked about that in the, in the terms of an FFPC best ball slim format. Does the same still hold true in this where you would, you personally would probably stay away from a quarterback and a tight end early. And by early, I mean, within the first five rounds. If I saw value, I might look at it. I, I'm usually when I'm talking about that or we're talking about it, I'm thinking more like main event type stuff. Um, where it's a managed roster and you really have to cover bye weeks and all that. Not that you don't have to cover it here, but you know because the lineups are optimized, it's not as big of a concern. I think uh, trying to get the number one running back, the number one quarterback, and a top five tight end is uh, you know it's not a bad strategy by Hubbard. Uh, David Montgomery to Mike Taglier right after that is his number three running back. Uh, third running back drafted by Jason Averly, the godfather, takes Kareem Hunt there at the 503. You have Terry McLaurin, who you mentioned before. Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell take him. Robert Woods is the first receiver selected by Theo Greminger there. Uh, we get a uh, triple threat of running backs after this, Dave. Mark Ingram to Jake Seeley, Devin Singletary to Ross Lively, and then Ronald Jones, the third running back selected by Mike Shope uh, from uh, WGR Buffalo Radio. Keenan Allen and DJ Chark to Birchby and Maddock, respectively, followed by Evan Engram, the sixth tight end off the board, at the 5'11", and then Cortland Sutton rounds out the, the completion of the top 60 picks in tonight's Pros versus Joe's um, uh, uh, draft here as he is the third receiver taken by Elliot Christ. Okay, so let's, uh, let's break this down here a little bit, Dave. Um, you, you look at this round right now and, and I, uh, the first guy I want to talk about is Kareem Hunt. He goes at the 503 to Aberly here and Hunt on average normally is, uh, shoot, I screwed that up. Sorry, my fault. Uh, Kareem Hunt on average is normally going at the 505 as running back 28. Seems like pretty solid value, but you're also talking about drafting a quote unquote backup running back in the fifth round. Is this something with all your high stakes acumen, something that you could, make a case for if you were doing this in this format yeah you can make a case for it cream hunt was scored the same as nick chubb last year when he, when he was there so it, you could make the case that he's just as much of a starting back as nick chubb is uh so uh you know he's a pass catching back I, I like him he's super talented uh i don't know if i i'm just looking at some of the other guys that went after him i think i might have taken hunter that's probably the guy i would have gone with McLaurin or Woods, you have a preference there because we know the target share for McLaurin could be out of this world, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Woods might have the better quarterback uh, oh, in this situation. Oh, he does. Uh, I do like McLaurin better, but, I mean, the quarterback play is super important for wide receivers, so it's pretty close. I'll take McLaurin. Mike Schoep, we'll, we'll talk about his team, uh, you know, as it turns out when, we're, when it's all said and done here, Dave, but I, I kind of want to get your opinion on this. He gets the, the two high-target, high-volume receivers early with Adams and Jones. And then he kind of backdoors into um, three running backs that should get a lot of volume here with Bell, Carson, and Jones. We normally talk about getting the high-volume, high-touch running backs early and then kind of cobbling your receivers together. We haven't talked about maybe going with guys who are going to see maybe 160, 170 targets. I don't know if that's is, is that too crazy to say for Adams and Jones? And then uh, he gets three guys that, that have some warts on him. Obviously, Bell's let people down. Carson's been hurt. Jones, we don't know how much of a volume or how, how many touches he's going to get in Tampa. This is an interesting way of attacking this draft with the receivers early and then the running backs. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not huge on Chris Carson this year, but I get the, I get the concept. It's, it's a solid offense. If he stays healthy, he'll do well. 
Uh, Rojo, that's a little early ADP-wise for him, but that's fine. I mean, if that's where you want to take him, at least it seems early. Um, so, I mean, yeah, this could really work out well for show. Uh, Ronald Jones normally going at the 5-12. So, about, no, yeah, not rough, much, not yeah, roughly, much. I mean, a little bit less than a half round. Let's get into the sixth round here and, and talk about what's going on. We had the third rookie running back go off the board, and that was DeAndre Swift at the 6-01 tonight to Elliot Chris, followed by T.Y. Hilton once again. Flirting with that turn, Dave. He goes at the 602 tonight. That's the number three receiver drafted by the uh, 2015 main event champ, Gary Allen. Uh, Cam Akers, uh, another rookie running back. Actually, three rookie running backs go in this round here. Cam Akers, Davis Maddock, followed by J.K. Dobbins to Chris Birchby. I can't remember if we talked about this last night. I'm going to throw it to you right now uh, and ask you your opinion on this. Davis Maddock had a choice. I mean, I'm sure he was considering other players than just two rookie running backs. You have Akers in front of you. You have Dobbins in front of you. In this format, the best ball slam where you get all 16 weeks, where would you be leaning? Would you be leaning towards Akers or Dobbins there if you're going to go with a rookie running back? Uh, I would lean towards Akers simply because of the, there's less competition. Well, there's more competition as far as bodies go. But, I mean, you, but less it, talent. <laughs> right. Ingram's actually a really quality back. And uh, I, I think the case can be made that none of the other backs, in spite of the coach speak saying that they're all good, I think you can make the case that the other three might not be good at all. Um, so right after Dobbins goes to Birchby, so Maddock takes Akers and then Dobbins goes to Birchby. Devontae Parker to uh, Mike Shope right after that, followed by Hunter Henry, the number one tight end for Ross Lively, the 2018 FPC champ. Darius Geis right after that, third running back selected by Jake Seeley. Stephon Diggs is the number two wide receiver for Theo Greminger. He does not take a wide receiver till the fifth round, but now he goes back-to-back at the position. Uh, The third quarterback is now off the board, Kyler Murray to Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell there at the uh, 6.09. Thank you. Sorry. Marquise Brown. Mm -hmm. This math is not good. Marquise Brown to the 6.10 to Jason Aberley right after that is his number two receiver. A.J. Green to Mike Taglier and then Will Fuller uh, to David Hubbard. Will Fuller, once again, getting some love in this format, Dave. I, I don't get it. I never will get it. But David Hubbard won a boatload of money in 2016 doing stuff like this. So far be it for me to criticize him. I don't think I could get on board with Will Fuller as my number two receiver, even given the, the talent he has assembled at the other positions. You know, it, so, I mean, the, the, the case for Will Fuller is, uh, you know, he doesn't have great hands and he gets hurt a lot, but, I mean, he gets open frequently. He's, he's got a phenomenal quarterback throwing to him. There's not a ton of competition for targets there. So if he actually stays healthy, he might put up quite a good season. And he, you know, what, is this his third year or third year, right? Uh, Fuller? Yeah. Oh, I think it's more than that. Fourth year? I think so. I'm going to look it up right now. I wonder, I've been trying to think of all the years Meyer's been trying to trade him. Now. <laughs> so it's been, this must, it must be his fourth year he's coming. Yeah, at Two Packer on Twitter, who um, Dave and I are in plenty of private dynasty leagues with, uh, That that's sort of why I think uh, Two Packer plays dynasty, to try and trade, to acquire Will Fuller and then try, try to trade And him. try to trade him for, you know, a hilarious amount of picks. Yes, exactly. Dave, this is Will Fuller's fifth year. Fifth year. He wow. was the 21st pick in the 2016 draft, so that would be 16, 17, 18, 19. This will be his fifth year. 26 years how old. Team, how many teams? Is, I mean, how many games has he played? I wonder in his career. Now that is a great I, I bet question. He hasn't played a three full years worth of games. I actually forgot he went to Notre Dame. I, I totally forgot about yeah. that. I, I don't know. It, it seems huh. bizarre. Okay, I can tell you this. Uh, he played. Okay. Okay. Let's put, put this to you right now. Play a little guessing game here, Dave. <laughs> All right, I won't look it up then. So, yeah, don't look it up. 
64 games is the total he could have played yes. over the, the course of his career thus far. Now, the total I'm going to give you. You're going to give me a total? In, I'm going to do an over-under? Includes, no, 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 no. You're okay. going to guess how many games he's played. Right. But the total that when I revealed the, the amount, this includes games he left early. Okay. Okay. So, so this how, many, is the, how many games has he started and completed? Is the, is not the, started, just played it. Played it. Well, played I'll, it I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. He has started one fewer game than he's played in in his career. So it's basically the same number. Okay. So 64 is the total. How many games has Will Fuller played in? Uh, Go to the uh, BTR chat here 40, see if anybody's got it. 46. Guess. Great guess. Bad price is right guess. 42. Yeah. He, he's played in less than 42. It's, it's, it's interesting because he played in 14 games his rookie year. Yeah. Um, then it went down to 10. Yeah. Then it went down to 7. <laughs> And then, and then it's uh, last year he played in 11 games. Oh, my God. Hard he, for me to get on board with that. for his, ham, his hamstring always? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't – Soft tissue It's injuries. soft tissue injuries. I don't think he's had, like, broken bones or, uh, you know, mental health or anything like that. I think it's all been soft tissue, you know. I, I don't uh, – Mental health. Well, I mean, that's another thing. I had a nervous breakdown. Well, I mean, you know, whatever it is, I don't want to make light of it, but but that's that's an issue that certainly people are dealing with in, in the real world and in no, the I NFL know. too. Yeah, especially nowadays. See Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, okay, so Will Fuller goes at the uh, six twelve there. Let's move on here and uh, talk about the uh, the uh, seventh round, Dave Tyler Boyd to uh, David Hubbard as his number three receiver. Dak Prescott, number four quarterback off the board to Mike Tagliere, uh, Jarvis Landry, and Michael Gallup back-to-back there to Aberly and then Patrick and McDowell. Uh, quarterback round here, Deshaun Watson, number five quarterback to uh, Theo Greminger here tonight at the 705. Hayden Hurst will be the starting tight end for Jake Seeley and the fighting Seeleys from the Athletic there. Uh, Julian Edelman, the number three wide receiver taken by Ross Lively, followed by Russell Wilson to Mike Schoep. Uh That is the number six quarterback. Nope. Yes, six quarterback off the board. Tyler Higby, remember him last night, the Scott Engel in what seemed to be the 101. Uh, it was actually the fourth round tonight. He falls to the 709. Damian Williams off the board to Davis Maddock as his number three running back at the 710. Philip Lindsay off the board to Gary Allen at the 711, followed by Jared Cook at the 712 where, to Elliot Chris. Where does Lindsay normally go? What's his ADP? That was, I was actually hoping you were going to talk about something other than that because I wanted to look that up. Oh, sorry. But That's you, okay. Last night he went like pretty late. Yeah. One owner, I, was that Mr. Consistency? Uh, yes, it was. That was uh, Bob Lung from Big Guy Fantasy and, and he Sports. Was the one, yeah, he was the one who had, um, he had Fournette and Barkley, if I recall correctly. Was yes, that right? yep. And he kind of was kind of weak at running back, and we were he was. we were like, oh man, you, you got Lindsay at pretty weight. It seemed like to me. Was that his number three? I thought he had one one there, more. Yeah, it was either his third or fourth. James Whiteish. Yeah, James guy. White and yeah, yeah and Lindsay. Wow, uh, it's amazing. We still remember this. Yeah, well, one whole day it away. was less than uh, twenty four <laughs> hours ago. Uh, yeah, Philip uh, Philip Lindsay last night went at the twelve ten. Twelve ten. Yeah, wow. thanks to Ryan Poole pointing that out in the chat room right now. Uh, his his ADP over the last week nine twelve. Nine twelve. So he's going so early tonight. Splitting the difference night. here yeah. tonight as he goes at the seven eleven uh, here. Uh, talk about um, Davis Maddox here. Uh, th- this pick is interesting with Damian Williams because he didn't have Edwards Alaire. Mike Tagliere had him at the other end of the board at the two eleven. This is um, a good lesson for everybody out there. At least I'm on board with this pick. Just because you don't have the starter doesn't mean that there's not value in drafting the backup. Even in in the sixth round, when you're talking about such an exciting situation as the Kansas City Chiefs uh, backfield, you're just pre- you're presuming that Damian Williams is the backup. I'm. Well, who do you think is? 
right now? Yeah. It sure as hell isn't Damian Williams. He's the starter right now. Oh, I so mean, it's you, even a better value. I mean, you're all right. No, honestly, what do you, th- what do you think Andy Reid would say right now if you yeah. ask Andy Reid, hey, who's the starter? Oh, the, the rookie piece of crap that we drafted who hasn't proven <laughs> well, he's a not going to call him a piece of crap. He's like, oh, the rookie that. who's done nothing whatsoever, hasn't even had a who's, padded practice in the NFL. Right. Who's the, who's the guy that had the story about they, they texted Mahomes when they were on the clock at the 32 pick on Thursday night of the NFL draft, and they said, hey, what do you think here? And he said, Clyde. He texted back Clyde. And I don't know if that was Reed or the GM or whoever it was, um, but they like this guy quite a bit. Yes. Okay. Yes. So – you okay? So let's let's pose pose this question to you, my friend. How early is too early for Damian Williams? And before you answer that, I'll tell you that FFPC drafters, on average, over the last week, have been taking Damian Williams at the six oh four as running back thirty one in this format. Yeah, I think when you know when you're here in the late seventh round, I think this is where you would I would look to take him. I would not reach to take him in the sixth round. In fact, I. I maybe would take him over Geist. I just don't like Geist. Sorry, sorry there. No, I'm with you on that. I'd take um, him over Geist. But I mean, there was a pretty big gap between you know you have the three the three rookies kind of finish that tier, and then you had Geist kind of sitting on Never Never Land, and then you get onto the Damian Williams, James White, Cohen. You know, Lindsey usually goes a little bit later. So I think you know Williams is actually usually in that tier above that. So I think that that's a really nice value for Davis Maddox. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny because guy, you know, running backs like J.K. Dobbins normally goes after him. He's like right around Ronald Jones, Mark Ingram. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that is a, a nice little value there. At that point, even if it's someone, you know, if like let's say if it's Geis, where does Geis normally go? Not not that much after. Darius Geis is actually going. Oh, I just had it. Son of a gun. Seven oh five. Seven oh five. So if it's, yeah. so if I'm drafting, I don't really care for Geis. But if it's the ninth round, it's like the nine oh five, and I and Geis is out there, and I need a running back. I probably would take him. Yeah. It's like all right, it's twenty four picks later for God's sake. And the wisdom of the crowd tell me I should have taken him two weeks, you know, two right. rounds earlier. So I'm gonna just take a shot at it. the. Uh, he put out a tweet today saying he's all good and ready to go, like medically checked out. And I'm like, and he could be. You should have tweeted that out like in April. I don't feel great about it in late July that he says, hey, guys, I'm all good. Come get me. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, moving on here until uh, the eighth round, uh, 801. Let's kick this off. So uh, when we last talked about the seventh round, Jared Cook was the final pick there to Elliot Chris. Chris doubles up on tight end here as he goes uh, Cook and Gesicki. Then James White, the number four running back drafted by Gary Allen. Christian Kirk to Davis Maddock. Brandon Cooks is the number two receiver to Chris Birchby. Uh, TJ Hawkinson will be sh- uh, starting for Mike Shope. Dave, I think you'll have some thoughts on that shortly. And then uh, Deontay Johnson, the number four receiver to Ross Lively. Uh, back-to-back tight ends here in the seventh and eighth for Jake Seeley from The Athletic. He goes Hayden Hurst in the seventh right here. Rob Gronkowski. That's right, Rob Gronkowski backing up Hayden Hurst. You heard about that. Uh, you heard it here first. Marvin Jones, the number three receiver to Theo Greminger, followed by Tariq Cohen to Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell, of course, from Rotoviz and Dynasty League Football. That's their number two running back. Hmm, that's juicy. Let's talk about that. Noah Fant and John U. Smith, back-to-back tight ends to Aberly and Taglier. And then Nicole Hardman to uh, David Hubbard here at the uh, 8-12. I don't think David Hubbard plays in a ton of best ball leagues, but this is a, a pretty uh, standards, the wrong word. I, I, I mean, cookie cutter is the wrong word, but you can see what he's doing here. Uh, as far as, um, you know, his, his makeup, he gets the elite running back, obviously right away. That's a no brainer. He gets the one, a one B quarterback here. He gets a top five tight end. And now he starts building up, uh, big play receivers, Evans, Fuller, Hardman, and then he gets the um, 
consistency in quotes with Tyler Boyd here. Not a bad way to, to, to make your, uh, to make your team as dominant as possible from the one oh one. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, we talked about Hardman yesterday and we both preferred Watkins over Hardman. So I guess that's the player that, you know, is the one I would, uh, toss out so to speak but you know it's fine if he likes him all right so one two three four five six seven eight nine there were nine tight ends off the board um when elliot christ was up at the seven twelve. he goes back to back tight ends with cook and gesicki um i don't know how you feel about that but if i'm going to wait on tight end and there's nine of them off the board i'm probably going back to back and i feel pretty good about myself getting cook and gesicki there yeah well when i was looking at what, what he did i mean I think he realized that Birchfield then took Higby. So Birchfield took the second. Right. He was the first guy to take a second tight end. Uh, so then he really, he pressed the kind of the run here and you saw the run really go after he took Cook and Gesicki. Because then all the other guys that hadn't taken tight ends realized they had to get one. And then the other people that had one tight end were like, oh, maybe I'll grab a second one. And you saw that happen in the next two rounds here. You see it even still going on now. We are not halfway through yet. Uh, but I'm going to ask you about Chris Birchby's wide receivers here from the nine spot. Only Keenan Allen, only Brandon Cooks. Winning strategy here to load up on tight ends and running backs and, and fill in the receiver cracks later. You think he's going to be able to do it? He could, sure. I mean, it's possible. Allen and Cooks, I mean, they're both veterans. I, I really like that those are what I would call like low-risk picks and that all they have to do is stay healthy and have a typical one of their seasons, and uh, he's got two fine wide receivers. And it's still nine, it's nine throwing. He's got plenty of, plenty of time to grab receivers. Mike Shope was one of the last teams, not the last, but one of the last teams to wait uh, or to, to grab a tight end. He gets Hawkinson here, Dave. Um, I was team Hawkinson three or four months ago, and you never were. I, quite frankly, I don't think you have been basically since October of last year. I think you've been pretty down on TJ. Yeah, you know Hawkinson. why? It's because he, he pissed me off. He's on my, a couple of my dynasty teams. He made me mad because he sucks so bad. Did you end up trading him anywhere? Uh, no. Are those tight end premium leagues at all? Dynasty leagues? Um, I'm in some, but I don't own Hawkinson. Not, okay. tight end premium right. league. So I, I guess like even me who, and I own TJ Hawkinson in a couple of dynasty leagues, non-tight end premium. Um, I don't think I'd be on board with him as my starting tight end here. It's, it's, it's a little dicey. I mean, good for him that he gets Russell Wilson at quarterback and he still has three quarterback or three running backs and three receivers there. But I think I would rather have, rather had, have had Gronk. I definitely would have rather had Fant. I don't know what you're feeling. You might have rather had Dallas Goddard than TJ Hawkinson at that point. It's possible. I mean, it depends on who else he grabs a tight end. Hawkinson, they're, you know, I read a wrote of his article, and they, they compared Hawkinson's rookie season to rookie seasons of other elite tight ends, and it's actually kind of fairly comparable. So I actually felt a little better having read that article. Right. But uh, it just, I guess we'll just see what happens. I mean, they did draft him, what, 10th overall in that? It was a, yeah, it was, it was 10th like, or 11th, somewhere around there. Yeah, right around there. Around the same range where Ian yeah. got picked by the same team. Yeah, good um, point. So, yeah, it, I, I don't want to crap all over Hawkinson. I mean, there's a chance he could have a really good sophomore season. I mean, and, and, and if he does, Mike Schoep's team's looking pretty good here. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, so he, does, he, does need to, he still needs to address tight end is kind of the point I think we can both make is that he's, he, he can't be feeling too, super comfortable with a second-year tight end who did really virtually nothing except for the first game of the season. Um, Terry Cohen at, at, well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's save the Cohen conversation for Patrick and McDowell for later. I'll, I'll get to that uh, shortly. Let's kick off the ninth round here as, as this, uh, draft has, has moved on to the second half and they are in the 10th Blake Jarwin to uh, David Hubbard as his number two tight end him at the nine Oh one tonight, Latavius Murray to Mike Tagliere. Now bear in mind, Tagliere had Ezekiel Elliott 
and he goes with uh, Latavius Murray there instead. And I can bring this up right now because Tony Pollard just went off the board in the 10th round to Davis Maddock. Um, I think that's interesting. Uh, and, and there might be some Twitter back and forth here too because Taglier took Edward Hilaire at the 211. Davis Maddock takes Damian Williams at the 710. Uh, Taglier takes Ezekiel Elliott at the 102. Davis Maddock takes Tony Pollard at the 1003. Kind of interesting stuff there. Um, and we'll see if, uh, if that plays out. But Latavius Murray, uh, again, Taglier didn't have Kamara, but he still took him over Pollard. I think that's interesting. Dallas Goddard to the godfather, Jason Aberly as his number two tight end. Carry on Johnson and Alexander Madison after that uh, to um, – Carry on Johnson to Patrick and McDowell, Alexander Madison to Theo Greminger. Debo Samuel, the number four receiver drafted by Jake Seeley. He grabs him at the 906. Duke Johnson to Ross Lively right after that in the middle of the ninth at the 907. Darius Slayton, fourth wide receiver taken by Mike Schoep. A couple of uh, quarterbacks around a running back here. Josh Allen to Birchby, uh, Kishon Vaughn to Maddock, Tom Brady to Gary Allen, and the last pick of the ninth round, is Austin Hooper to Elliot Chris. Dave, we talked about Chris going with the back-to-back tight ends in the 7th and 8th. Is Austin Hooper overkill at the 9-12 there, given how late he waited to grab his first tight end? Or is this, because I know you've done this in fantasy leagues with quarterback before, haven't seen you do it with tight end, um, but do you think that's overkill there to go Cook, Gesicki, and then still go get Cooper? Uh yeah, I, I think it is a little bit. And what I'm wondering, what I'm kind of wondering is, I wonder if he was considering Hooper when he took Cook and Gesicki, and then he was all mad because he came back to him. And he was like, <laughs> right. Hooper's still there. Forget yeah. it. I'm taking. I've it. done that before, plenty yeah. of times. So I could, I could actually, I could, if that's the case, I could see that that argument. He's getting almost a full round of value on Hooper there, as, as far as ADP goes. Yeah, I mean, now actually, with him doing that, it really does press other the other owners that. Um, that only have one tight end. Even if you have, you know, Maddock and Birchby, you have Kelsey and Kittle, uh, you probably still need another one. Well, actually, I'm sorry, Birchby has Higby. But, you know, Maddock only has Kittle. Uh, you know, you gotta got to grab another one eventually. You know, it's kind of interesting there, too, for Chris. It, you know, he, he took three running backs in the first six rounds. Um, he had three receivers in the first five rounds. So, it, you know, it, it's not like he's hurting at the other positions. Maybe this was a luxury that he was willing to take a chance on to get that tight end 15, which is where he's going in FFPC best ball slims, uh, to get him here in the ninth round as his third tight end. And bear in mind, at that point, now he doesn't have a quarterback yet, but bear in mind, at that point, Dave, there were only eight quarterbacks off the board. So he can make some hay while the sun shines here coming up in his next turn. Yeah, it's interesting. I I do think, I I don't know if I should say this or not, but I think the 11th round you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks go. Um, because neither Maddox nor Chris have one, and if these guys are paying attention, they really should start pounding them. Uh, but they, they're, they're both going to probably get some value. In fact, you're probably going to like their, both their teams are going to start out with uh, you know, the Garoppolo, Nick Foles, uh, Dwayne Haskins type. type Sam team. Darnold. Yeah, the yeah. Darn, yeah, Balky's favorite. All, all How guys. is Darnold my favorite? I'm just saying you know, three crappy quarterbacks is your favorite way to go. It is my favorite way to go. That's why I love Richard Mallon's team so much. Uh, from last, in fact, I think Sigmund. Well, I could be uh, speaking out of order here, but I think he was referring to Mallon's quarterbacks last night because he did. Richard Mallon did not take one out of the eight spot. He did not take one until round fifteen out of an eighteen round draft last night, or no, round fourteen, I think it was. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if, no, no, no. It was round 15. Was it? Because he got Mims in the 18th. He yeah. went 15, 16, 17 quarterback. And what, Bloom, what did he say? He said, he's like, nice job taking the quarterback uh, tank to empty uh, on that. <laughs> or something to that. And I, I thought fun. that was, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, okay. So Hooper goes uh, with the final pick of the ninth round here. Dave, let's get on to the uh, 10th round. Elliot Chris goes with Jamison Crowder as his number four receiver. Jack Doyle to Gary Allen as his backup tight end to Evan Ingram. Tony Pollard to Davis Maddock, who I already mentioned. That is actually Maddock's fifth running back here in the first 10 rounds. C.D. Lamb is the number three receiver to Chris Birchby, followed by Jordan Howard, the fourth running back selected by Mike Shope. Uh, Jay Sternberger, my guy, is backing up Hunter Henry for Ross Lively in this format this year. Matt Ryan, the first quarterback selected by Jake Seeley. Chris Herndon off the board to Theo Kreminger. And then Zach Moss goes to Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell. Uh, Mike Williams and Sterling Shepard right after that to Averly and Taglier. And then Tevin Coleman uh, to uh, David Hubbard here in the 10th. And I'll, I'll bring this up here as, as we wrap up the 10th round, Dave. David Hubbard already had... Um, Raheem Mostert, is it enough in an 18-round best ball slim to just go to bat with Mostert and Coleman in the 49ers' backfield, or is there more to be done there? Well, if you go skip to his next pick, you'll see more got done. But yeah, I, but that was not, he's not a Niner anymore, though. No, I know he's not. But I'm saying that he, I'm talking about just grabbing a running, running back. back yeah. team. Right. Um, I, yeah, it's fine. I, I think I think you can pull it off. I mean. It, you look at the offense, I mean, McCaffrey's going to get his, and then you look at the, the 49ers' offense, is great. So that really does – it's nice. I mean, you just have to worry about bye weeks a little bit. Chris Birchby, I, I know I've talked about his receivers uh, a little bit already. C.D. Lamb is your number three, and I, and I understand, you know, you look at the rest of his team. He's got Kelsey and Higby. He's got Josh Allen as his quarterback. He's got four running backs that, that, that he drafted in the first six rounds. I know you've got to be weak somewhere. This is an incredible field that he's drafting against. C.D. Lamb makes me feel a little bit uneasy as my number three receiver here, given that he might be the number three receiver for his own team. Yeah, um, it, it is very true. He's a super talented player. And so I, I think that Birchby, he's looking, just looking at upside flyers, not flyers, but upside guys at this point. Um, and C.D. Lamb's hopefully going to be part of maybe three or four, I don't want to say straight receivers, because so he's going to have to get a, another quarterback. But he might not need to take another running back. When you have Jacobs, Connor, Gordon, and Dobbins, I don't even see the need to take another running back necessarily. All right, I want to bring up a, a, a few pairs of names here and see if if I'm just you know losing it or if if there's something here. Dave, tonight Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, separate teams. Uh, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, separate teams. Edwards, Hilaire, Damian Williams, separate teams. Murray and Kamara, separate teams. Hunt and Chubb, not on the same team. Uh, on Johnson, DeAndre Swift, not on the same team. Moss and Singletary, not on the same team. Ingram and Dobbins, separated. It goes on and on and on and on. It's trying to lock up a backfield as much as you and I have talked about the importance of doing it in a closed league like this. Are we overrating it a little bit? Because these talented drafters here – now, by and large, with the exception of maybe Hubbard at the one spot with the with the Niners uh, running backs here tonight, they've avoided it. It hasn't been a big deal to them. Smart, stupid, um, indifferent. How well, do you feel about this? Theo got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. That is true. Yeah, um, but you know, I think it's fine. I mean, you can you can go any direction you want. If you're going with a little over a receiver heavy team and you're running you know running backs later, I think you're, you're fine just taking stabs at other players. And some people just don't like to handcuff. When it's an 18 round format it does limit you a little bit because then you're tying up two roster spots on, on one team in one position. So I kind of get it. If you want to just take some stabs at other, other players backups, 
or other players like standalone, like Zach Moss, for example, he's going to have some standalone value. I mean, the right. core role. So I can see that pick and carry on Johnson. He's, He's going to get carries almost for sure. So you know, I see, I can see that as well. And a lot of these guys, there's so much time sharing going on, going on in the NFL. I, I totally get it. Uh, as a reminder, this is the first year in the FFPC pros versus Joe's. How many years have we been doing this? 10? Uh, too many. No, I, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's, it's getting, if it hasn't been a decade, it's close. This is the first time we've ever had a best ball slim. Uh, 18 rounds, no kickers, no defenses. And if you want to play in a format like this, go to myffpc.com. Not only do we have the best ball slims active there, but the best ball classics are there, as well as the Terminator satellites, uh, Superflex, uh, plenty of different best ball leagues to choose from. Um, and don't forget our uh, FFPC Terminator tournament coming up, I think in about five days, we kick that thing off. Uh, you'll definitely want to uh, jump in that. Uh, $350 for an entry, $1,000 if you want to pick up three teams, $25,000 grand prize this year. Uh, huge prize pool. Check that out at myffpc.com. Uh, we'll tell you about a few of the more leagues uh, if you want to play for the big money, the six figures, the half million. Uh, stay tuned, and, and we'll uh, talk to you about that when you can uh, sign up for that. Moving on to the 11th round here, Matt Breida to David Hubbard at the 1101 as his Number four running back. That is the 2016 FFPC main event overall champ. Anthony Miller off the board to Mike Tagliere at the 11.02. Chase Edmonds goes to Jason Aberly as his number four running back. Uh, the first team to back up a quarterback, it was Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell from Rotoviz and DLF. Drew Brees is going to be backing up Kyler Murray. That's two consecutive pros versus Joe's drafts, uh, Dave, where Drew Brees was drafted as a backup. I guess not that all, all that surprising when now that I say it out loud, Drew Brees is normally being drafted as quarterback 12. So, you know, half the time he's probably being drafted as the backup. <laughs> Not a big deal. Henry Ruggs, uh, right after that to Theo Greminger, followed by Preston Williams, uh, the receiver for Miami to Jake Seeley. Jared Goff will be the top signal caller for Ross Lively as he goes at the 11.07 tonight. Jerry Judy to Mike Shope. John Brown to Chris Birchby, Jalen Rager to Davis Maddock, and Emmanuel Sanders to Gary Allen. Those four receivers all go in the 11th round. Marlon Mack wraps up things here in the 12th, uh, going to Elliot Christ. If you um, had Jonathan, well, I guess this is more of a rookie running back discussion, Dave. How important is it, it and we'll frame it with Edward Zolaire, Jonathan Taylor, um, uh, uh, J.K. Dobbins, and DeAndre Swift. If you draft one of those guys in this format, or just really any 12-team closed best ball contest, how important is it to, to get the other guy later to you if you're drafting one of those rookie running backs, trying to lock up that backfield? Do you care or do you not care, specifically um, for the rookies only? Well, you have to look at each, each one. I mean, with Edward Hilaire, you have to spend a sixth-rounder, seventh-rounder on Damian Williams, so I'm probably not doing that okay. if I were to do it. Jonathan Taylor, I would take a look at it because, uh, you know, What's his name? Marlon Mack's pretty cheap. So, so I think I would look at trying to do that. Sure. Uh, Dobbins and Ingram, no, because you're, you're they're back to back. Back to back. Yeah. Akers and uh, Daryl Henderson, possibly. But the thing with that, I probably would just look at either Akers or Henderson, whichever one I preferred. I mean, I kind of prefer Akers at this point, but Henderson, right. you know, could be a value. Because you still have to deal with Malcolm Brown, possibly, too. So I mean, there's always that possibility. We, um, and then Swift and Carrion Johnson, I, I would actually look at that for sure. I think that's, that's one I would consider. Um, we, uh, we have talked about um, the rookie running backs. Uh, what about the rookie receivers here, Dave? Are you on board with uh, um, any of the 
rookie receivers. Uh, I guess this is just more of a question in general, not necessarily this format, but this year, given the truncated offseason, uh, wide receivers not the easiest position to get accustomed to in the NFL. And you look at some of the landing spots for some of these guys. You know, C.D. Lamb goes to Dallas, where there's already two established guys there. Uh, Jerry Judy goes to Denver, where he's got to deal with Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant. Um, you have uh, J- Jalen Rager, I guess, is is in a prime situation. Um, Justin Jefferson just has to deal with Thielen. Are you on board with any of these guys this year? Do any of these rookie receivers excite you from a redraft perspective? Yeah, I like Jerry Judy. I, I think his route running, he separate, he gets open consistently. He's going to be open immediately from day one. Uh, and I, I think that oh, yes, he's going to start from day one, too. So, I mean, he doesn't have to worry about Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup like C.D. Lamb has to even though he, Lamb will be out there in three receiver sets. Um, Ruggs, you still make the argument that maybe he's just a speed demon. I don't like Rager compared to you – know, I, I just think Judy is the guy for me. All right. Um, I want to ask you about John Brown, who went off the board to Chris Birchby here. Uh, take a drink. We're talking about Chris Birchby's receivers again. I feel like I've been doing this every five minutes. <laughs> nice. John Brown is uh, still in Buffalo, Dave, but joining him in that wide receiver core this year is Stephon Diggs, who comes over from Minnesota, and I feel like – those guys aren't necessarily complementary to each other. I think that um, what John Brown does really well, I think Stefan Diggs does pretty well too. And I'm curious to your thoughts about, because uh, Brown had a pretty good season last year with Josh Allen throwing to him. Early on, and then he fell off a lot in the middle of the season. So you're, you're kind of off John Brown then this year. Yeah, not a, not a huge fan of John Brown, although he did stack him with Josh Allen. So he's got the, the Allen-Brown stack, right? And, yeah, and he's basically – he drafted him three picks ahead of where he normally goes. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it, there's, it's it wasn't fine. an overdraft at all. Yeah, it's uh, fine, you know, pairing him up with the, you know, those other receivers. I mean, again, he's working the receivers, and I think he's doing fine. Uh, John Brown, I wouldn't have a problem with that pick. All right, moving on to the 12th round. Boston Scott at the 1201 to Elliot Christ. Uh, Elliot uh, takes uh, Boston Scott as his number uh, five running back here. Justin Jefferson to Gary Allen right after that. Herb Smith. Uh, a young tight end with an old name. I, I know. I was just thinking that. I love that name, Herb. It, it's so annoying. It's, it's like uh, um, uh, Earl Haffler, uh, this yeah. hot shot wide receiver out of yeah. Vanderbilt or something. You know, you yeah. never hear stuff like that. Yeah, um, that's not a real person, by the way. Irv Smith off the board at the 12.03 tonight. Sammy Watkins to Birchby. So Birchby really focusing in on these receivers now, Dave. Um, as he takes Sammy Watkins at the 12.04. Curtis Samuel off the board to Mike Shope right after that. That is Shope's number six receiver, Golden Tate to Ross Lively. And then you have Daryl Henderson uh, going to Jake Seeley there at the 12.07 tonight. Nikhil Harry, uh, the 101 in, in several dynasty leagues last year. Ouch. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Well, Nik- you know, the thing is, he might you know, he- he could have a great year. This could be year. could be a value this year. Yeah, yeah, no, no question. No, no, it'd be awesome. And then for all those FFP PC leagues where Nikhil Harry got cut at roster cut down, you can go ahead and grab yeah. him there. Yeah, never know what'll happen. Theo yeah. Greminger takes him at the twelve oh eight. Ian Thomas as the backup tight end to Mark Andrews for Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell right after that, followed by Paris Campbell to Jason Aberly, Eric Ebron to Mike Taglier, and then Carson Wentz backing up Patrick Mahomes. For David Hubbard, uh, should Carson bring the, the twelve twelve. It's just so it's so cheap. It just seems so, so cheap to me. Um, just I don't know what his ADP is, but I mean, good gracious, it just seems like such a deal. Um, you, you know what, Dave? You might be right on. No, maybe you're not right. Hold on, let me uh, let me look this up. I'll do this the right way instead of um, messing around here. Carson Wentz nine oh one. So that is a great deal. That's yeah, like four rounds, right? Four rounds of value. Yeah, that's crazy. Good actually. job by David Hubbard. It's why he's the best. Or 
you know, why, why a lot of people view him as the best. I think he's one of the best, no question. Well, you know, he has Mahomes. So the argument is, like, oh, what do you need a quarterback for? You don't until, you, you know, until something happens or whatever. You, maybe your kneecap pops out. And the close thing you have Carson Wentz just waiting there, waiting in the wings for you. Right, him. yeah. Uh, Great pick, 12-12. What a, what, a, what a pick that is. Right, exactly. Um, okay, so talking about uh, this 12th uh, this, this round here, which, by the way, I should point this out in the uh, BTR chat. Uh, for all the guys and gals hanging out in there. Ryan Poole just pointed out 2009 was the first year of pros versus Joe's. So this is the 12th year of That's pros awesome versus he was Joe's. Able to find it. Oh, yeah. He's, How did he's he find it? it. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's Ryan Poole's a, he's a wunderkind. wunderkind. <laughs> uh, he knows things. Well, um, are, we, are we having my fantasy league at that time? Um, I forgot we were on MFL. I told, but you're right. We were, weren't we? Yeah. I had to copy and paste team names into leagues. That, I, was, that, I will, was, that was very I, unfun. There was times when, you know, people were drafting. You were on MFL then, I think. Yeah, but there's times when people were drafting live in Vegas, and that this is when I really wasn't going out there, and I would wait till the, till the wee hours, and uh, I would get the draft boards emailed to me, the images, and then I would stay up the rest of the night loading rosters. On, that was and it, so horrible. It was just the most arduous process ever, and – the way that things have become automated, not just from that sense, um, but from, from a, um, you know, just a streamlined um, way of doing things in general has been such a blessing because I lost yeah. a lot of sleep, man. It was oh, not God. fun. You know, what's funny is, I mean, you know, even right now, the live events, we actually, you know, when we do live drafts. We prefer the classic draft boards. We don't believe in having monitors or anything like that. Right. So we still actually have people that do that, that do the, you know, overnight, they will, it's this, it's this old retired couple. And I don't know yeah. if they do it themselves or it's them and some, you know, a couple of people. They farm it out to other people. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Um, and so then, you know, we give them the actual, you know, the, the, the sticker boards or whatever, the small ones. And overnight they put them in there and they, they do a pretty awesome job. Every once in a while they'll screw up, you know, like someone's, you know, Antoine Smith and Anton Smith or something like that when the names are close, but right. by and large, they do a really fine job and they're really good people. And I'm, you know, we're glad to pay them some money for it. And, uh, you know, the fact is we can actually go out to eat at a nice restaurant that night instead of having to do the same thing. Yeah. It was, it's so, it was so weird the first time I was able to do that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is what Vegas is like when you're not working. Um, speaking of sleep deprivation, I must be suffering from it right now. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. Ryan Poole did not point that out in the chat room. It was the one, the only Henry Mudo oh, who pointed man. that out. Mudo, that thank this you is very the twelfth year of Pros vs. Joes. Henry, thank you so much. We couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> that is good stuff right there. Twelve years of Pros vs. Joes. Uh, what a time to be alive. Um, okay, so kidding aside, Irv Smith, you like him as the Minnesota tight end to own this year, right? Uh, actually, I don't really care for Irv Smith. I don't really care to own a Minnesota. You don't like Rudolph, I can tell you that. I know that. That's true. I don't really. I'm not a fan of either one, to be honest. So do you like Justin Jefferson, just curiously, who actually went off the board tonight uh, to uh, Gary Allen at the, uh, at the 1202? Do you like him? I feel like Not the, particular. <laughs> the only pass catcher you like in Minnesota this year is Thielen, is Thielen right? Yeah. I, I like, you know, Dalvin, the offense will run through Dalvin Cook. Madison will get his. Uh, do you think know, Madison will get his? Yeah, he'll get some carries. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Justin Jefferson, I don't, you know, he's not a huge fan of the talent. Irv Smith, same thing. I, you know, you look at it, you look at his profile in mock draftable. It's like a, you know, puckered lips there. You know, it's like right, it's yeah, nothing expanding at all. You know, he's not he's not elite in any one category, and he still does have to deal with Kyle Rudolph. I mean, I know that Rudolph's the you know turning into more of the blocking tight end supposedly, but I'm not buying it. 
So that's just my opinion, and I'm sticking with it. You teased this with Theo Greminger's pick with uh, Nikhil Harry before as the number five, uh, his number five receiver that he takes in the 12th round. You said that, but just watch out for Harry this year. Maybe bouncing back, maybe righting the wrongs of his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, what happened? Why, he why was do mostly, you, what was he mostly hurt? He's hurt. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. is Because he was a super talented player coming out. He actually, uh, back when we were, you know, phenom score is not something that Rodriguez is doing anymore, but he had the, one of the highest phenom scores coming out this past year. The team invested a high pick in him. And, and you know, all of a sudden, is, is he just to be forgotten? I don't think so. I mean, he's a, he's a talented player, and I think the Patriots are going to do whatever they can to make him successful. It's kind of interesting because um, I'm trying to think how it went down last year, but the number 32 pick in the 2019 draft and the number 32 pick in the 2018 draft were both skill position guys. And uh, excuse me, the 2019 draft and the 2020 draft, they're both skill position guys and people that uh, players that we didn't really see coming. We didn't necessarily see the Patriots taking Nikhil Harry at 32. We didn't necessarily see the Chiefs taking uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at number 32 this past year. And it drastically changed the front end of Dynasty drafts this past year, right. uh, in the past two years, really. It's so weird to see how things like that work out. And just to be so if you're a first-round pick, every team has like a fifth-year option. Is that not correct? Yes, correct. So, I mean, they're – you know, not that this is a huge deal, but the Patriots now have a they have a fifth year option with Harry. If he'd been been taken with pick thirty three or thirty four, it's a four year deal. Right. So I mean, they 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 want to develop him. They have a shot. They have an extra year to work with him and figure it out. If you were a running back in this year's, this is not really a fantasy question. Run. This is not really a fantasy question. This is more of a real life football question. Um, wouldn't you rather have been Jonathan Taylor, where the team doesn't have that fifth year option, than Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who goes like five or six picks before him, but he's that first round um, pick. And then the team can keep him under control for that extra year. Whereas they, the Colts can't do that with Taylor. That's yeah, an interesting way to look at it. I can, I see that argument. Yeah, I get if it. If you're good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think because it's the chiefs and because they're great and you're playing with like the, you know, the world champs or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah. I think I'd, I'd be fine being Edward Solaire and, and yeah, I, mean, I guess I'm stuck with this awesome team and a well, $450 million it, quarterback. Right, exactly. And, and, and that's my next point too, is because, at some point, the Bills are going to come due for the Chiefs, and maybe they're going to come due at the same time Edwards Alaire is getting free agency in front of them too. It's it's possible. He, although you know, if if he's a successful running back, on if they win a couple more Super Bowls and he tests free agency, he might have a few rings and he might move on. So you know, it depends on what you value as winning. Uh, he you know, if he does well, he's going to get paid eventually. I think he'll be all right. Um, you had mentioned earlier in the broadcast that you thought round eleven was going to be the quarterback round. Am I? Mis- I was speaking? wrong. Uh, totally wrong. You were nah, I wouldn't say totally wrong. You're pretty close. It was round thirteen where they all That's went off the board. Off. <laughs> well, I mean, two rounds, whatever. You're talking about the middle of a of a draft. Who knows what these guys are capable of? Let's uh, take you through the thirteenth round here. Brashad Perriman at the thirteen on one to David Hubbard. Greg Olson is the number three tight end drafted by Mike Taglier there at the thirteen oh two. Aaron Rodgers backing up Lamar Jackson for Jason Aberley, followed by Antonio Gibson to Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell. Naheem Hines, the pass catching running back for Indianapolis, uh, goes to Theo Greminger. And as a as I point out that uh, I want to point out. <laughs> excuse me, point out that Greminger took Jonathan Taylor in the fourth round, so he gets two-thirds of that Colts backfield. Then here come the quarterbacks. Daniel Jones to Jake Seeley. Cam Newton to Ross Lively. Matthew Stafford 
to Mike Schoep. And by the way, those three are all backing up the starting quarterbacks for all three of those teams. Those are the number two quarterbacks drafted by each one of those PBJ competitors. Sony Michelle saw news on him uh, today. Uh, Chris Birchby takes him here in the 13th. Jimmy Garoppolo to Davis Maddock as his number one quarterback. Um, so uh, uh, Maddock waits uh, on quarterback, gets Garoppolo here in the 13th. We'll see what he does going forward to see how he fills in that position. Denzel Mims about five rounds earlier than where he went last night. Gary Allen takes him as his number six receiver. And then Baker Mayfield, uh, the final pick of the 13th round to Elliot Christ. I do want to point out that, uh, and we'll get into analysis here in the 13th, but the 14th round is now completed. I'll take you through that as well. Uh, Elliot Christ waits until the 13th round to take Mayfield as his number one quarterback, does not wait uh, any time to take his number two. He goes back-to-back quarterbacks. Mayfield and then Ben Roethlisberger. Ryan Tannehill to back up Tom Brady for Gary Allen here in the 14th round. LaVisca Chenault to Davis Maddock. And then Joe Burrow. Uh, to Chris Birchby, uh, about five rounds later than where he went last night. All those FFPC drafts. Uh, A.J. Dillon right after that to Mike Shope, uh, Mike Shope, uh, Mike Scope, excuse me. I need to take a drink of water here, I think. Uh, as the number five running back there for the WGR Buffalo Radio Wunderkind. Uh, too much Wunderkind on the show tonight. I apologize for that. Dawson Knox, the number three tight end to Ross Lively. Anthony McFarland after that to Jake Seeley. Hunter Renfro, the Las Vegas Raiders slot receiver to Theo Greminger. And then we get a rainbow, a semi-rainbow here to finish off round 14. Joshua Kelly to Patrick and McDowell. Gerald Everett to the number, uh, as the number three tight end selected by Jason Amberley. Then you have Gardner Minshew backing up Dak Prescott to Mike Tagliere. Uh, Jarek McKinnon uh, as the final pick of the 14th round to David Hubbard. Hey, so he's got all three properties. In that, that is what I was alluding to earlier. I asked you if that was enough. If, if having Mostert and Coleman was enough, I guess the point is moot now because the Hubbard, it wasn't enough. Nope. And he gets all three running backs. Um, now, now, now the question is, is it Pacific, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina, or is it <laughs> like Oriental? Oriental yeah, and what were the other two? New York? No, that's, oh, that's, no that's New York is orange. Orange, yeah. Um, Oriental, what were the other two? I'm going to look that <laughs> up right now. Because isn't it funny that we both – uh, remember the the Oriental. All right. you, know, you know, I remember Baltic and Mediterranean easily because it's just. But two that's only two. I know because it's two. That's why I remember it. But I can't remember. Um, All right, so it's Oriental, and it was. Uh, oh, come on, now they want me to order it. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Why don't you just put in Monopoly? I did, and then they're like, "Hey, search. here's where you can order it." Google um, search and okay, images. Vermont and Connecticut are the other two. <laughs> Oriental, Vermont, and Connecticut. So, so the other one's right. It was North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and something else. Uh, Pacific. Pacific, yeah. Right. Those are the, the, the greens, <laughs> as it were. Um, I'm just looking at this right now. Do you know they have, in the United Kingdom monopoly, it's totally different properties? Was it like, uh, you know, Oxfordshire? So okay. It, so, I mean, so, this might be like, you know, really biased, like the slums or crappy parts of the, or whatever. So in the UK, yeah. Park Place and Boardwalk are Park Lane and Mayfair. Oh, Mayfair. Mm. Yeah. The Greens, Regent Street, Oxford Street, and Bond Street. Oh, that's actually, dude, I should actually get the UK edition. That actually sounds pretty cool. The Light Blue, the Angel Islington, <laughs> Euston Road, and Pentonville Road. Uh, it's, so, it's so classy. I wonder if the pieces are different, too. Hey, I always thought... Saint, what are they, do they still have railroads? They, yeah, they do. Um, huh. uh, they call them stations. <laughs> King's Cross, 
Hey, they have that in uh, Universal actually for uh, the for the uh, the J.K. Dobby. <laughs> what? The Harry Potter. The Harry oh, Potter okay. Ride. All right. All right. So you have King's Cross, Marylebone, Fenchurch Street, and Liverpool Street. Oh man! And you'll never believe it. The utilities. You know, they're called Electric Company and Waterworks in the United States. United Kingdom. They're called. You guessed it. Electric Company and Waterworks. Oh, man. All so right. they are the same there. Oh, that was a fun little adventure. Very nice. All right, kidding? Yeah, it was not very nice. Okay, so obvious question to you. I'm going to order you that at UK Monopoly. Well, let's play it. We're going to play it for real money. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you play, by the way, do you play 500 bucks for free uh, for the free parking? No, we always, when, when I played it when I was a kid, we always, um, anytime you had to pay a fine or something, mm-hmm. um, it would go Did into the, in the, the kitty, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. and and then oh my goodness, the 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 braggadocious um, uh, uh, terms that were thrown around after whoever won the kitty for the first time. Yeah, I mean they ruled the roost. Really? Oh, it was disgusting. That's why I hated playing it. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was ridiculous. All right, so moving on. Um, <laughs> this is this is what I wanted to talk to you about. McKinnon overkill there. If you already had Mostert, if you already had Coleman. Would you still be taking McKinnon in the 14th round? Uh, you know, I probably would not. I probably would have taken somebody else. That's just me. In fact, there's a lot of running backs that went right after him that I like. You know, they're talking about uh, Sonny Michelle missing time and not being able to ready for camp. I, just, I didn't really read the article. It was on Roto something. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, so Damian Harris is interesting. He went right after him. Carlos Hyde's interesting. Darian and Evans is another player that uh, was a nice pick. Uh, so I think I would have gone differently, but – you know, if Hubbard wants to lock it up, they say McKinnon, McKinnon's going to be ready, though. So he says, if he says he's back, I mean, we'll see. Um, I yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical. But, again, David Hubbard has forgotten more about fantasy football than I'll ever know. So I'll, I'll check to the Razor on that one. Uh, 15th round, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he leads things off with Hubbard. Damian Harris, uh, right after that, to Mike Taglier. Devontae Freeman off the board at the 15.03 to Jason Aberley. Uh, McDowell and uh, Patrick take Alan Lazard. Robbie Anderson right after that as um, uh, Greminger goes back-to-back uh, receivers there. Darrington Evans. Uh, as the 1506 pick tonight, followed by Carlos Hyde uh, off the board there. O.J. Howard, the lone tight end taken in round 15. Antonio Brown, yeah, you knew you weren't going to get away from him. He's selected in the 15th tonight. <laughs> uh, Kirk Cousins, 1510. Justin Jackson at the 1511. And then Drew Locke um, at the 1512. So this is something uh, I, I should bring up because we saw Poole and – Tranquilly do this at the 12 spot last night, Dave. Um, they go triple, uh, Elliot Chris, excuse me, goes triple tight end in round seven, eight, nine. And then he goes triple quarterback in 13, 14, 15 with Mayfield, Roethlisberger, and Locke. You don't see it done too often, but I think it turned out pretty nicely here. Yeah, you can definitely make it work. I mean, uh, he, he did a nice job, actually. Um, he waited a long time at quarterback, and he, he was much smarter than I was in that situation because I would have taken somebody. Uh, but he, you know, he popped in Marlon Mack, Boston Scott, and Jameson Crowder, all fine picks actually at that 12 spot. So you really got some depth there, running back and receiver before attacking quarterback. And he did really, he did fine with Mayfield, Big Ben, and Drew Locke. I think he'll be, uh, he'll be okay. Yeah, I think so too. I'm actually liking that team. We'll get to that uh, more when we do the uh, team recaps coming up later on in the show. Want to take a phone call right now? Uh, we'll go out to the 740. You are on the air with David Balky on the HSFF Hour. Who are we talking to? Hey, what's up, guys? It's uh, Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell. 
gentlemen, welcome in. Glad to hear from you tonight. It is, uh, you know, we were talking about your you, the, the tweet you guys put out. Um, I think, Curtis, I think you put it out about how you guys were runner-up in, in your uh, own league the last couple of years, still had a pair of top 15 finishes. Is this the team that's going to get you off the schneid this year? How do you feel about it? I, mean, I, I think we're, we're both happy with the build, but it has been brutal um, drafting be- between – between these Joes here, I mean, we've been sniped on both sides hard. Um, it was an absolute gut punch to lose Dallas Goddard <laughs> where we lost him. And then a couple of rounds later, Nikhil Harry. I mean, we really had those guys circled. Uh, and then the rounds they were actually selected. So, you know, just it just goes to show that the value doesn't really drop um, when you're when you're drafting with this quality of lead makes. Ryan, let me ask you, as far as team construction goes, as you look at, you know, how you guys have put this together tonight, um, I, I know you didn't exactly get the players you wanted in a couple of spots because you got sniped, but by and large, the way that you put this team together, you happy with the construction? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were pretty pretty locked in on that zero RB, or our side zero RB. We knew we'd get a back in the – uh, in the first round from that four spot, and we just loved the wide receivers that were available to us in those uh, those rounds two through five range. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's pretty solid. Um, as, as I like all three of those guys. I mean, I think you're talking about a pretty big target share for all three of them, and then to to get the guys that you got at running back in in eight through ten. Uh, I think you did a pretty good job there. Did anything stand out to you? Not not necessarily with your team, Curtis, but did anything necessarily stand out to you in this draft uh, tonight that you didn't see coming or, or were a little surprised to see? Um, we were we were a little surprised to see. I mean, even from the two spot, uh, just to see Elliot go number two. Obviously, I think those top four picks um, are pretty locked in in whatever order they're going to go in. And I, I was joking with. Uh, with tags uh, before the draft, you know, asking if he was going to follow his rankings because he actually has a uh, Kamara number two in, in his personal rankings, but he said he might have something special for the format tonight. So uh, that just got things <laughs> off to uh, a little bit of a weird start. And then, you know, then of course Ryan and I are thinking maybe we've got a shot at Saquon at four, um, but everything kind of fell into line. Um, I was a little, a little surprised to see um, just the way that the, the quarterbacks went, um, to, to have that break all the way until the sixth round when we pulled the trigger on Kyler Murray, um, not to see somebody else jump for Dak or Deshaun. You know, I, I think this is a, a big group of, of guys that are maybe part of that late-round QB um, you know, upbringing, especially on the analyst side of this draft. And uh, we, we thought we were going to be lucky to get Murray in the sixth, and we end up taking him as the QB three. Uh, Ryan, let me ask you something. Uh, how important is it for you for you guys to get one of those elite tight ends? Because you get Mark Andrews here roughly about a half round earlier than it, than his ADP uh, as you take him in the second round. Were you guys kind of dead set on making sure you got an elite tight end in this draft? Yeah, we really were. And, and we picked Andrews there in, the, in that late second round range. And even though we recognized that was probably a little bit of a reach, I think he fell uh, – the later third round in last night's draft, uh, we just love the advantage that, that he gives us in this format. Expect another year similar to uh, to what we saw last season. So uh, even though we knew it was reach going 
going in, we're, we were comfortable with that. It gave us some freedom to uh, to weigh on that position, which we did, weighted up Brad and Thomas. Curtis, a uh, final question here for you. I'm looking at the roster right now be, between you and Ryan tonight, and, and I could be wrong, but it, by my count, I, I see three rookies on this roster, three rookie running backs, but none taken before round 10. Is that something that you, you will probably apply to, to most of your drafts this year, investing in, a, in rookie running backs but not investing early in them? Um, yeah, you know, uh, on, on rotaviz.com today, uh, one of our analysts and a, a big-time FFPC player and Monty fan wrote about this a little bit that, you know, it, with everything going on with COVID-19 and, and these rookie backs really already being aggressively drafted uh, by the high-stakes community, when when we have rock-solid receivers going in the same range, it almost makes more sense to target uh, the, the guys a little bit later on in the draft. It's kind of that dynamic that we saw with Nick Chubb, his rookie season, where there was an incumbent veteran that, that maybe wasn't firmly entrenched, but people were worried Carlos Hyde, you know, would hold down before and, and so Nick Chubb's ADP was depressed. Um, and, and, and I think the same dynamic could be playing out here with Zach Moss in particular. That, you know, Devin Singletary isn't exactly, um, you know, I don't think people are looking at him like a, a bona fide bell cow. And so, um, you know, if, if, if Singletary weren't there and, and we were just looking at Frank Gore, you know, people would be drafting Moss where Singletary is going. And so there's, I think there's, an, there's certainly a range of outcomes where, Moss outperforms yeah. Singletary this year. Looks like we're going to be on the clock here. We can make our last pick uh, live on the air. All right. This is three, tremendous. Three, three, yeah, th- three rookie backs is more than we probably wanted to, to grab. Um, but because we went with the modified zero RB build, it's just the way it played out. It just happened to be the values on the board for us. All right, so take us through your last pick here, uh, gentlemen. What are, what are you thinking? I, I look at the, the roster that you've uh, assembled so far. You have the two quarterbacks. You have the three tight ends. You have, um, I, I think, six running backs. The rest are all receivers. Yeah, what are you looking yeah, at yeah. here uh, with your last pick? So for this last pick, um, in, in the, the best ball slim format, which, which I definitely applaud the FFBC for, for adding, I think it, uh, it, it, it was warranted to add the, add the slimmer format, take the defenses and the kickers out. I think it's important in this format versus the old 28-round format to get production from all of your picks. And we want to add another receiver here. There's literally only one guy left in our queue. We had loaded up uh, five guys that we <laughs> thought might make it here. Four, four of them are gone. And, you know, this is going to be kind of a boring name, but it, it's a guy that I absolutely think will get some flex usage in this format for us. And so we're going to take Cole Beasley here. There you Beasley. go. Cole Beasley. Love right. it. That's a good pick right there. And so ends the draft of both Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell. As a reminder to all the listeners, you can follow Curtis on Twitter at CPatrickNFL. Check out all of his work at rotoviz.com. Ryan is at RyanMC23. Of course, check out his work at DynastyLeagueFootball.com at DLF, uh, excuse me, at DLFootball. Guys, uh, tremendous to have you in pros versus Joe's again. I hope this is the year that you guys break through, get that league title, get that main event entry next year. Uh, comped. Good luck to both of you. Thanks for calling in tonight. Be good. And we'll talk to you later. Hey, appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for covering the show.
Absolutely. Thanks, Curtis Patrick, Ryan McDowell, ladies and gentlemen, always good to have those guys on. Yeah, both uh, for great sure. players, both great sites, too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I subscribe to both. Yeah, actually, to I was going to say Rotoviz, too. It's, it's tremendous work that. that yeah, we have an ad deal with Rotoviz, and I still pay. Well, so I mean, I, it's not, I don't even care. I pay. Right. I was just going to say, like, before we've, you know, become partners with either of those sites, I, I was a subscriber to both and, and really like the uh, content that's turned out there. Although, lot, I, I mean, there's so much good fantasy content by a lot of these different pay sites. It's great. I don't think that given my dynasty performance in my career, I should be touting <laughs> dynasty league football as a resource. Fuck you. Your, your Carrington team is, is about to become like a, like a six, like a decade long juggernaut. <laughs> I'm so pissed. Yeah. Off. I don't know about that. I'm actually, I'm really mad. All I'll right. trade teams right now. Trade your whole team. Uh, I'll have to look at it later, but <laughs> potentially yes. All right. So moving on here in the 16th round, Dave, Didi Westbrook off the board uh, here. You know what? I gotta, I gotta fix my, my view here. Uh, because I am not yeah, getting. Show, we gotta, we're going to be done in seven minutes, by uh, the way. Um, yeah, but we got to go through the, the teams here. <laughs> um, okay. We're going to run it long. We don't care. Yeah. I'm sorry about this, ladies and gentlemen. This I should have really done this while I, had, while I had Curtis and Ryan on. I should have well, done talking. this. Like in, I'm such a stone. All right. So 1601, Dee Westbrook goes to Elliot Chris, followed by Philip Rivers to Gary Allen, Lynn Bowden to Davis Maddock, and then uh, Chris Birchby takes to Sean Jackson. That's a nice little pickup there in the 16th. Brian Hill after that to Mike Shope, uh, Scope, excuse me, Tyrell Williams, and then Steven Sims, back to back receivers there to Lively and Seeley. Teddy Bridgewater backing up to Sean Watson for Theo Greminger, James Washington, Michael Pittman right after that to Patrick and McDowell, and then Aberly rounding out things here in the 16th round, Tyrod Taylor, and then Reggie Bonifon. Nice job taking Bonifon at the 16 12 instead of farting around and trying to wait until the late 18th round by Hubbard. Uh, to back him up with uh, back up McCaffrey. There's some pick. talk that he may not be the backup. Yeah. Uh. I don't buy it. Okay. You think it is Bonifant? You know, what's funny about that. Speaking of Carrington in my dynasty league, I have to cut so many people and I don't own McCaffrey in that league. I think I'm going to be cutting Bonifant, you know, just because there's, sure. there's no reason for yeah, me I mean, to. Keep I mean, your in. team is so good. It, it might not. Uh, you said it, not me. 1701, Brian Edwards, uh, rookie to uh, David Hubbard there. John Ross to Mike Tagliere. Tua Tungavailoa is the third quarterback drafted by Jason Amberley. Will Disley, the third tight end to Patrick and McDowell. Ryquell Armstead to Theo Greminger, followed by Rendell Cobb to Jake Seeley. Sam Darnold to Ross Lively. Adam Troutman to Mike Show, a scope. God, I am going to get his name right one of these times. Mike Scope takes Adam Troutman uh, as his number three tight end. Derek Carr, uh, number three quarterback to Chris Birchby, followed by a trio of receivers. Jalen Hurd, Alshon Jeffrey, Larry Fitzgerald to Maddock, Allen, and Chris. We haven't talked about Jalen Hurd. You like Jalen Hurd in redraft formats this year, given the injury to Debo Samuel? Or are you staying away from him, just given he kind of lost his rookie season and he's kind of playing from behind again? He, you know, he's an interesting dart throw, but he's really you're actually really aiming for like a triple seventeen when you're talking about a dart throw. He's a tough one. Um, he's a super talented running back at, when he was in college, and he switched wide receiver to have a longer NFL career. I do like Jalen Hurts' talent quite a bit. Uh, he has to deal with Brandon Ayak now, right? Yep. I, Ayak, whatever. Ayak. Um, Kendrick Bourne, who I like, who I know you don't. Yeah, so I, 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 and then they always talk about using him in all these versatile ways. He, he can actually run the ball. He can play running back if he needs to. Uh, I think he's worth a shot, 17th round. Why not? I mean, I probably would have take. I probably would have gone with, you know, Fitz and or Corey Davis and the players that went right after him instead. But that's that's all right. I mean, I can see the argument for Hurd. 
All right, so Corey Davis is going to lead off the 18th and final round here tonight. He goes to uh, Elliot Chris, Tyler Eifert to Gary Allen, Benny Snell off the board to Davis Maddock, Chris Thompson, pass catching running back for Jacksonville to Chris Birchby, Dwayne Haskins backing up Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford for Mike Scope, uh, Jalen Richard right after that to Ross Lively, Antonio Gandy Golden, uh, receiver to uh, the Athletics, Jake Seeley. The final tight end chosen of the draft, it's David Njoku. He's also the final non receiver drafted as the last four picks are all wideouts. You heard the Cole Beasley pick to uh, Rotoviz and Dynasty League football there, Patrick and McDowell. Devin Duvernay, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and Josh Reynolds wraps it all up with uh, David Hubbard's final selection of Mr. Irrelevant. All right. Okay. Thanks a lot. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Do you, okay. So do you want to go through these quickly? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Okay. I just, I, I don't want to put you <laughs> over here. All right. So let's uh, go through David Hubbard's team first. Quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz, uh, running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Jarek McKinnon, Reggie Bonifon, uh, wide receivers, Mike Evans, Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd, McCole Hardman, Brashad Perriman, Brandon Ayuk, Brian Edwards, and Josh Reynolds. Uh, tight ends, Darren Waller and Blake Jarwin, Dave. So you look at this, and, and obviously the quarterbacks are good. Uh, Hubbard went uh, out of his way to me to lock up the Carolina and San Francisco backfields, peppering in uh, Matt Breida in there for uh, S's and giggles, as it were, as the only <laughs> non-Niner, non-Panther running back on his team. Um, you see a, a good mix of big play and unknown receivers there, uh, hoping to hit home on that. Tight end is a little weak. I'm not a big Waller guy this year. Uh, as anybody who knows, uh, who, who has seen the um, the uh, Fantasy Underground uh, World Famous Draft Guide player profiler, that's who I talked about in there, why I'm not high on Darren Waller. Oh, thanks for just talking about it only there and not here. That's great. I've talked about it here, too, uh, although you don't get the video form here where you do uh, my video cameo there. Unfortunately, I do get the video. <laughs> Very funny. Um, I think he's light at tight end, but this is the only quarrel I have with this team. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of like how Hubbard put it together. Um, it's it's one of those teams that's going to not. It's either going to win or it's going to take like ninth to twelfth, and that's fine. Actually, that's exactly what you want. Uh, I want to get to team two here, but let's go out to the seven one six real quick and and take a phone call here. Uh, you are on the air with Dave and Balky here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Who's this? Dave and Balky. This is Mike Show. I drafted eight. Hey, Mike, it is so good to hear from hey, you. Hey, at least you know how to pronounce yeah, your own exactly. name. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm so terrible at it. It's, it's, uh, it's a work in progress, Mike. I, I sincerely apologize. <laughs> we, have, we actually have a real, a real radio host now. Exactly, yeah. This is the worst. So, Mike, are you going to be peppering? Are you going to be praising <laughs> your team and talking about how awesome it is to, to the end reaches of, of all Buffalo tomorrow? Talking about so. how you just dominated all these pros and Joes. How do you think it turned out for you? To answer your question, definitely not. I will not be doing that because this is an elite group. But it could have gone worse for me, I think. I mean, how many times in these drafts do you really feel like you did badly, though? Last week for an article at our website, WGR550.com, I tried to do badly. Every time it was my pick, I thought, I thought well, what would be the wrong move right here? And at the end of it, <laughs> I looked at it and thought, most people would probably be okay here. And so I think it's hard, or you tell me if you think I'm wrong. I think it's hard to, at the end of a draft, look at it and think that it just was a disaster. I mean, it's good players. And nobody's drafting who? Stephon Diggs first overall. I mean, this is not that kind of group. Nobody, nobody's doing anything crazy. 
So um, I'm happy, but it'll come down to, uh, you know, mostly luck. I mean, a lot of other factors, but I'm hopeful. How about that? I'm hopeful. The hopeful is a good way of looking at it. It's maybe the best of things, to quote Andy Dufresne from the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, Mike, so when you knew you were picking eighth here, did you sort of plan on like, okay, well, maybe I'll start off with a pair of high-volume wide receivers and then kind of cobble my running back core after that. Was that something that entered your mind as this is the strategy you're going to take, or did the board just fall that way for you? You know, it was really the latter. I thought, um, I think in most of these starting receiver receiver is is dangerous because as everybody knows the running back thing drops off pretty fast but I thought Devontae Adams was worthy at 1-8 and then I thought maybe Jacobs would come to me in round two or even maybe Drake I had a little bit of a, a thought to Drake at 108 but then I thought I'll take my chances the other way and then Julio Jones without those two guys available Julio Jones to me was a home run so after that, it was trying to figure out how to get running back right. And then maybe I forced it. What do you guys think? I might have forced it on Ronald Jones, but I thought there was a big drop-off after him. And I was relieved later on to get the three running backs in 3-4-5. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, think, I don't think you forced it. I would have much rather, you know, to, to get that third running back there in the fifth round in a format like this, I, I think that's something that I would be trying to do. Um, you, you got you know, three starting backs, and then you picked up Howard in the tenth. I thought that was a really yeah. Nice we were talking, well. yeah. Dave really liked that pick. I thought that was solid too to get a again a starting running back in the tenth round. It's hard to turn that down. Mike, did, know, knowing what you know now, seeing how this board turned out, do you feel like you waited too long on tight end, or are you a Hawkinson guy this year that, that you're happy he's leading the way for you at at that position? Uh, maybe both. Um, last night, am I right? Last night was heavier on tight end early. I know Sigmund took yes. two in the first three rounds, and I think, you know, last night that there was more of a push at tight end, but it goes like that sometimes. And when it came to round seven and eight, Hawkinson was the one I wanted. This is an eighth overall pick in the draft last year. Tight ends usually struggle right away, or they, take their, they need their time, and the quarterback was hurt. So I think in a league like this where it's kind of like first place or nothing, um, Hawkinson has a chance to be – uh, has a chance to be great there. So of the five or six or seven guys picked in those rounds, he was my favorite. I like it. I like it quite a bit. Uh, Mike, listen, it was a treat having you on uh, for sure. We're obviously all going to listen to you at uh, WGR 550 Sports Talk Radio in Buffalo. Of course, we listen to that online, no question. Uh, and then we follow you on Spreaker and like 12 other super yeah, formats. Yeah, no like question. Obviously, yes, yes. No, Mike, Mike is, he's a, he, he knows what's going on with that. So the WGR Buffalo, right? Yes, exactly. And, of course, we follow you on Twitter at Shope Talk, S-C-H-O-P-P-T-A-L-K. Your maiden voyage in the pros versus Joes is complete. Congratulations on a very well-put-together team. Don't be a stranger. We'll talk to you again real soon. Enjoy your evening, and, and enjoy the rest of the drafting season, man. I would love that. It's been an honor. Thanks uh, for having me, and uh, good luck to you guys this year. Thank you so Thanks, much. Mike. We appreciate that. That is Mike Shope, ladies and gentlemen, from WGR Buffalo Radio. Certainly appreciate 
uh, him uh, joining pros versus Joe's this I, year. I like Mike. He should be in every. He's like a you know, a, a gated in player for going forward. I like. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, future seasons I, for sure. He's in. I, like I have him. no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, no question. All right, so we should. Should we get to Mike Tagliere's team here from Fantasy Pros at the two spot? Sure. Dak Prescott, Gardner Minshew, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, no, you go ahead, and then I'll, I have something to say about that team. Okay, so Prescott, Minshew, and Tyrod Taylor are the signal callers. Running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, David Montgomery, Latavius Murray, Damian Harris. Uh, receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyler Lockett, A.J. Green, Sterling Shepard, Anthony Miller, John Ross, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, John Smith, Eric Ebron, and Greg Olson are the tight ends. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the tight ends, Dave. Uh and, and I'll say this for the rest of the team. I don't necessarily dislike the running back core and the wide receiver core, um, but he went out and got his guys, didn't grab a whole lot of value, but if he's right, and by the way, Mike Taglier does this for a living, project, projecting guys, so he knows what's going on with these players. I don't think it was the players I necessarily would have taken, but I think this is a competitive team. Go ahead. What were you going to say about it? Well, okay. I'm, this, this isn't specific to Mike, but it is, so this is a loaded question. Out of all the running backs taken in the first round, which one of the least likely to miss games due to COVID-19? Ezekiel Elliott. That is correct. Right, you yeah. are correct. Yeah. He's got the antibodies. He's got the antibodies. Unless he gets it again. Oh, don't, let's not talk about that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, you know, so, all right, that's one, that's one possible reason for taking Elliott a little bit earlier. I know there's, you know, whatever, there's, there's stuff. Well, you around. know, what's interesting, when Curtis Patrick was on, he was saying that he had, uh, Taglier had, um, Alan Kamara as his number two running back this year. But he said, oh, wait for pros versus Joe's tonight. I might have something special. Well, yeah. this is the something special. He takes. He didn't, didn't even take Barkley. Yeah. He takes uh, Ezekiel Elliott there. God, this number two pick is so – it's yeah. going to be fun seeing what happens uh, tomorrow uh, for it. Yeah. In any event, what do you think of his team? I think I like his team a little bit better than you do. I mean, Juju, Lockett, A.J. Green, uh, Shepard, not a gargantuan fan, Anthony Miller, same deal. MVS, uh, you know – Ugh. Yeah, I know. Oh, right. But I mean, it's 18th round, so who cares? Right, who cares? Uh, tight ends, not you know, not not guys I yeah, love. I don't like the tight end. But um, again, he's got a shot. I mean, he's got a shot. I mean, it's, it's tough to really rip on it. Dak's great, and then you know Minshew and Taylor. Damian Harris, I thought the 15th round was yeah, a really good. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, and I alluded to this after after his second round pick. I said if Edwards Hilaire, uh ends up coming out like gangbusters this year, he could have two top five running backs, and that by, might be enough to carry him to the 2021 FFPC main event full free. The Godfather, Jason Averly, uh, picking third tonight, Lamar Jackson and Tua Tungavailoa. Then you have the running backs, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds, Devontae Freeman. Receivers, DK Metcalf, Marquise Brown, Jarvis Landry, Mike Williams, Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman, Devin Duvernay. Uh, tight ends, Noah Fant, Dallas Goddard, Gerald Everett. Oh, I forgot Aaron Rodgers, also at quarterback on this team. <laughs> as well. Don't tell Aaron Rodgers. I don't want him mad at me. <laughs> don't worry. He would be. Yeah, I know he would be. It's just funny, <laughs> friggin', sad, friggin and true. Friggin' Madonna. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, he just blocked me on Twitter. It just, <laughs> just happened right now. Um, okay. He just frowned at you on a, on a Bergstrom billboard. The, run, the running backs are not necessarily deep. Uh, after the top three receivers, I, I can't really find – I mean, Duvernay in the, in the 18th, okay. I like the tight ends, though. I just I don't know if the running backs and receivers are the depth is is strong enough here. You know the thing is what you kind of are omitting, and I'm not saying you're omitting it totally, but you're forgetting Lamar Jackson. Yep, 
So I, you know, when you when you calculate that in, this is a pretty strong team actually. I I actually like this team. Arguably the best quarterbacks in the in the league. Yeah, if he scores what he scored anywhere near last year, you got Barkley, Aaron Jones, Cream Hunt. If those guys score anything like they did last year, then Metcalf, Brown, Landry, Mike. Well, I think Mike Williams. I think he's fine. The fine. Eh. I know you don't. I mean, Tyrod Taylor. Come on. I mean, fine, but I mean, you have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and then and then and then Hunter Henry. I mean, maybe Tyrod actually Eckler. throws for thirty-two hundred yards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, it's listen. I'm just kidding. Um, you, you could be right. I'm yeah. I'm fine with fading Mike Williams this year. I yeah, I, I kind of like Godfather's team. Okay. Um, Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell. We actually uh, talked to these guys just a, a short moment ago. Let's get into this. Kyler Murray and Drew Brees are the quarterbacks. Alvin Kamara, Tariq Cohen, Carryon Johnson, Zach Moss, Antonio Gibson, Joshua Kelly at running back, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, Michael Gallup, Alan Lazard, James Washington, Cole Beasley at receiver, Mark Andrews, Ian Thomas, and Will Disley at tight end. Top to bottom, I think this is solid. What this team uh, depends on, Dave, uh, for success is getting a little lucky with those running backs and the fact that they drafted five of them between rounds eight and 14. They might have luck on their side. I like the receivers. Uh, I think the tight ends are good as long as Andrews, again, stays healthy. And then you have uh, Kyler Murray and Drew Brees at quarterback. What's not to love? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a high-leverage team where the, the receivers are really good. Kamara's good. Andrew's great. Murray great. They just do need, they need the RB2 to kind of produce right. around. So we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I think it's not a bad roster construction the way they did it. New to the FFPC this year, and obviously new to pros versus Joes, was Theo Greminger at the five spot. Here's how his team turned out. Deshaun Watson and Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, Alexander Madison, Naheem Hines, and Raquel Armstead at running back. Receivers are Robert Woods, Stephon Diggs, Marvin Jones, Henry Ruggs, Nikhil Harry, Hunter Renfro, and Robbie Anderson. Tight ends are Zach Ertz, Chris Herndon, and David Njoku. Uh, Dave, I really like this team. Uh, I, I actually think he, did too. <laughs> he did a, I think he did a really good job. Now, the question is, okay, so Woods, Diggs, uh, I'm on board with as the top two receivers. Then he needs uh, he needs uh, Marvin a Jones things. was equivalent to I, he, Galladay okay. at points last so year. So here's the thing with Marvin Jones. You have always been more of a fan of his than, than I have, yet I feel like I own him in more leagues than you do. <laughs> well, and, tell me one for and, to me. Well, for I'll have to find a league that we're both <laughs> in where I own Marvin Jones. But that's the thing. And, and he could be fine. In fact, he might be a fine number three receiver this year and, and whatever. But after that, Ruggs, Harry, Renfro, Anderson, one of those guys needs to hit. I love it, though. I mean, those are all solid picks. All they, they all have a lot all of upside, of which is what you need. Yeah, all in different ways, right? I lo- all of them are actually and, – I, and I actually like this team quite a, I mean, it, I think he did super well. Ertz, Herndon, and Joku, love it. And then the running backs, Cook, Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, and, and Perry Madison. Yeah. Mwah. Perfect. I feel like even like in Joku in the 18th round, that was like a really cool, good pick. I think this is the second straight PBJ we've had Njoku in the last yeah, round. Yeah, and we're not even trying to like butter him up. I mean, we don't, what do we care? He's a rookie. Who, you know, he may not even ever play again. Jake Seeley from the <laughs> yeah, Jake Seeley from the Athletic here, Dave. Uh, Matt Ryan and Daniel Jones at quarterback. The running backs are Nick Chubb, Mark Ingram, Darius Geis, uh, Daryl Henderson, Anthony McFarland, and Darrington Evans. Uh, wide receivers, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Adam Thielen, Debo Samuel, Preston Williams, Stephen Sims, Randall Cobb, Antonio Gandy-Golden. And then he goes with uh, just two tight ends, Hayden Hurst, Rob Gronkowski. They're pretty good ones. I mean, he gets them in the seventh and eighth. Uh, you look at the receiver depth, it's pretty awesome. I mean, you could talk about um, his maybe 
having the deepest receivers in this league with Debo Samuels as number four, Preston Williams as his number five. I know you like Sims. I kind of like Cobb too. And then he takes Sims with uh, Gandy Golden. So right. That's exactly. Like locking up the crappy part of that uh, receiving core. Um, Chubb Ingram guys, not my favorite trio at running backs, but when you consider the rest of his team, I, I think he did a pretty nice job here. Yeah, I think so too. I agree with most of what you had to say. Um, let's go on to Ross Lively here and, and look at his team, the 2018 football guys champ, Jared Goff, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold are his quarterbacks, running backs, Derek Henry, Leonard Fournette, Devin Singletary, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, and Jalen Richard. Uh, receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, Julian Edelman, Deontay Johnson, Golden Tate, Tyrell Williams, uh, tight ends, Hunter Henry, Jay Sternberger, and Dawson Knox. All right, so as I'm, I'm trying to pick this apart here. Um, You're never a problem. And I am. Uh, I, I think Hunter Henry's a, a nice draw. Another, in the another deep team here. Um, he didn't get Zach Moss to go with Singletary. I don't know how important that is when Singletary is only his number three running back. Um, I like the receivers. Hopkins, Cup, Edelman, Johnson. Lots of lots of veterans too. Because you, you know, Tate Hopkins, and Williams, yeah, late, Hopkins, yeah. Cup, Edelman, Tate, Tyrell Williams. Lots of veterans. And and look what he did too. You know what? I'm on board with this team. I'm gonna tell you why. Ignore the first three running backs. Look at the last three: Duke Johnson, pass catcher. Um, Carlos Hyde backing up a guy who's oft injured, and in Chris Carson, Jalen Richard, last round, pass catcher. Yep. I, I, I this is a really really good team. This might be. Um, one of the best teams in the league, too. I feel like I've been saying that with a lot of these teams, but we knew it was going to be a bloodbath, and instead of nobody coming up with a good team, everybody came up with a good team. Yeah, it's very good Good roster construction overall. Um, the running backs are really yeah solid. I mean, everything's pretty solid on this team. I think it's well done, well put together. All right, so we, we just talked to uh, Mike Shope. Um, we're going to talk about his team right now. Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, and Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson, Ronald Jones, Jordan Howard, A.J. Dillon, and Brian Hill at running back. Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Devontae Parker, Darius Slayton, Jerry Judy, Curtis Samuel at receiver. Tight ends are TJ Hawkinson, OJ Howard, and Adam Troutman. Dave, as, as I look at this team, I, I think if the tight ends can stay afloat, which might be asking a lot. I know he likes Hawkinson. Um, we'll see about Howard. I, I have um, limited expectations for Adam Troutman, but if the tight ends can keep him alive, this team is going to be competitive as well. It's all going to uh, depend upon those tight ends. Yeah, I mean, he just he must have Hawkinson break out and be awesome. And if he does, he's uh, competitive. If he doesn't, he's got he has, he has problems. Troutman, the problem with him is I just always think of Rambo or First Blood. You know, Troutman's you know Rambo's uh, station chief or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. So I I, I can't get past the name. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Troutman it goes back to the Giovanni weird ass Bernard analysis <laughs> that we had. Colonel Troutman several years ago. Uh, Chris Birchby. I sure hope that's actually the correct name. I'm sure it is. Chris Birchby drafting in the nine spot tonight. Uh, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Derek Carr as his quarterbacks, his running backs. Josh Jacobs, James Conner, Melvin Gordon, J.K. Dobbins, Sony Michelle, Chris Thompson. Receivers: Keenan Allen, Brandon Cook, C.D.Lamb, Lamb, John Brown, Sammy Watkins, Antonio Brown, Deshaun Jackson. Tight ends are Travis Kelsey and Tyler Higby. I think the story that we talked about is a Troutman. It is Troutman. Yeah. All right. Colonel Sam Troutman. Um, so, <laughs> so we talked about this. Um, uh, one of the storylines in this draft was how does Birch be put together enough receivers? I think he did a good job. I am not a fan of the Antonio Brown pick. 
But all the other ones, I mean, Watkins, Deshaun Jackson, to get those guys late, those veterans late, that's really going to help his team. His running backs are great. I think his tight ends to stop after Kelsey and Higby. I think that was a solid decision. And to get that third quarterback to pair with Allen and Burrow was a good job uh, getting Derek Carr. So I like that. Uh, yeah, I like Birchby's team overall. I think he did a really fine job. His running backs are fantastic. Tight ends, great. Josh Allen, I mean, getting him in the ninth round like that was, was, was pretty solid. And Joe, taking a shot at Joe Burrow is good, too. I mean, I, I think he did, has an overall really good team. Davis Maddock takes Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins as his quarterbacks. He goes Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, Damian Williams, Keshawn Vaughn, Tony Pollard, Lynn Bowden, and Benny Snell as his running backs. Receivers, Amari Cooper, A.J. Brown, D.J. Chark, Christian Kirk, Jalen Rager, LaVisca Chenault, Jalen Hurd. Uh, tight ends are George Kittle and Irv Smith. Maybe the most upside of anybody uh, in this draft so far, as far as combined, but Dave, maybe the most question marks too, with, with the rookies, um, the, um, you, you know, you look at what he did after Miles Sanders, it's a lot of question marks at running back, but you know, with a lot of upside, uh, and then you look at, um, only taking two tight ends, only taking two quarterbacks, especially when you wait until round 13, I don't know if that'll pay off. So while I could see this team being very successful, there's a lot of wild cards on this roster that makes it tough, difficult to pin down. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Um, Garoppolo and Cousins, I think I think it's a little bit – because quarterbacks were so cheap, I feel like you just you gave away the value that was just gifted to him because people were letting quarterbacks go for so long that you don't have to wait till the 13th round to take Garoppolo. You could have taken somebody else just a teensy bit earlier. Uh, Gary Allen, the 2015 uh, FFPC main event champ, takes Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, and Phillip Rivers as his quarterbacks. Running backs are Kenyon Drake – David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, James White, and Justin Jackson. Receivers, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, Justin Jefferson, Denzel Mims, and Alshon Jeffrey. Tight ends, Evan Ingram, Jack Doyle, and Tyler Eifert. Kind of an unsexy team, Dave, with, with all these uh, veterans here. Um, I, I guess uh, for me, uh, he, he's going to need um, you know, White to patch up some holes. He might need Lindsey to, uh, to get a Gordon injury so he can uh, get a couple of startable weeks here. But then you look late, and it's like it's a couple of rookie receivers. Um, it, it's Alshon Jeffrey. It's Justin Jackson who needs some help uh, to, to become fantasy relevant. I don't know if this is the way that I would have drafted my team from that, but you can't really – I mean, you look at the top four picks, Drake, Godwin, Galladay, Johnson. There's a lot of fantasy goodness there. Yeah, there's a few players I felt like were – maybe he should be – you know, no offense, but I think he should be checking ADP a little bit better. I mean, Lindsey was early. Uh, Denzel Mims uh, was probably five rounds early. So I, I feel like some of those picks were just a, like they could have been made later and he could have grabbed somebody else um, and still gotten the players they liked. Final team we're going to look at tonight from Fade the Noise, it is Elliot Chris. He takes Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger, and Drew Locke as his quarterbacks. His running backs are Joe Mixon, Todd Gurley, DeAndre Swift, Marlon Mack, Boston Scott. Receivers, Tyreek Hill, Odell Beckham, Cortland Sutton, Jamison Crowder, D.D. Westbrook, Larry Fitzgerald, Corey Davis, tight ends Jared Cook, Mike Kosicki, and Austin Hooper. So when you take those three straight tight ends there, Dave, which I, I, I like, you know, that trio is, is great, but then you're looking at, um, you know, Marlon Mack and Boston Scott as your number four and five running backs. He waits until uh, round 16 to kind of patch up that receiver core with Westbrook, Fitzgerald Davis. I mean, you could do a lot worse than that. I think he did a solid job with his last three picks. And I have no problem with the uh, waiting on the quarterback until round 13 to get Mayfield, Roethlisberger, and Locke, too. Certainly a competitive team here. Yeah, I mean, he bit, 
I thought he picked off value with Todd Gurley. I still feel like Gurley going to the fourth round is um, it's kind of ridiculous. I, I just think that's a when you have that, that offense being that good. So by getting those top top six picks, I you, know, you can kind of mess around a little bit with the other stuff. So I, I think it's a it's a good team overall. Didi, Fitz, Corey Davis, kind of garbage late, but that garbage could actually pay off. Yeah, I mean they only need to pay off a few weeks. Absolutely, and, you know. And Jameson Crowder's a solid pick too. I thought in the what tenth round there. Uh that was a tenth round pick. Yeah, yeah. Nice job by uh, by Elliot Chris there from FadeTheNoise.com. And nice job by everybody. Yeah, great job. This was a fun draft. I knew it was going to be fun with with all the talent in in this draft and all the accomplishments from both the pros and Joes. This was fun. I want to thank. Our guest tonight, Curtis Patrick, Ryan McDowell, and, of course, Mike Schoep for uh, popping in and uh, chiming in with us. I want to thank Darren Armani, the FFPC, Dave Gerzak, our producer and mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce. Most of all, all of our listeners, tomorrow night, we do it again. What? Oh, do we got a draft? Football guys draft? Yeah, six left in the football guys tonight. What time does that start? 11.55 Eastern. All right, One so hour and five minutes from now. Yeah, so you're looking at uh, 65 minutes from now if you want to take a chance at a half million bucks for a $350 entry fee, myffpc.com. League's half full. Make it full full here uh, tonight and uh, jump in that. That will be fun. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow we are back at it with the 2020 FFPC Pros versus Joe's Thin Lizzy League number three. Uh, we're going to be on an hour later. It's 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, and we'll be right here on blogtalkradio.com as well as having the live feed up at youtube.com slash highstakesfantasyfootball. Tomorrow night's Joe's Kevin Proctor, Eric Rubin, Mark Davidson, and Jacob Rotter. Uh, Glenn Lowy, Matthew Jacobson, and Scott Kobe all going to be participating. Uh, as far as the pros go, Draft Sharks, Jared Smola, Fighting Chance Fantasies, Brian Drake, and Pro Football Focus, Dwayne McFarlane. Football guys, the Rocket Scientist, David Dodds, will be drafting. Sharp Football Analysis, Rich Rebar, will be on. Brad Evans from Fade the Noise, and of course, Josh Hornsby from Roto Grinders, all participating on the program tomorrow. Can't wait for that one, ladies and gentlemen. It will be fun. Remember to get your draft slot early for the FFPC main event. You have basically a little over four hours to take care of that uh, to make sure that you are getting your draft slot by August 2nd. Make sure you are registering and paying for your team in full at myffpc.com. Planet Hollywood reservations, flights. Make sure you're taking care of them. We'll be out in Vegas in a little over, what, a month? month and a, a little less than a month and a half. Uh, don't forget, Satellites, Dynasty, and the Football Guys Players Championship all at MyFFPC.com. Your week continues This has now. been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way. Yeah, cause I got all of them strong jack. My girls are like boomerangs. No matter how far I throw them, they come back. I'm coming straight out to NYC. I'm down with digging in the crates and I'm in VP. If rap was the game, I'll be in VP. I was actually also thrilled. I, I, I don't think I said this during the broadcast tonight. We ushered in a new computer, a new PC. <laughs> is it a non-Dell? It is an Asus, I want to say. Oh, yeah, that's better than Dell. Um, I wouldn't know. I'm not, I'm not an expert on this. But um, the previous computer has handled the YouTube live stream for 
just about every pros versus Joe's draft that you and I have ever done. Oh, how sad. And, and so we were moving on to bigger and better things, and hopefully we're set for the next decade with this bad so boy. Right new, so it, uh, I didn't buy it. No, this is my wife's computer, actually. <laughs> I, had, I was looking all over my – because I got laptops, but none of them work. Um, we can buy a new computer. You know, they're pretty cheap nowadays. I know. Well, why buy one? when my? And I said, I'm like, oh, okay, so I'll, I'll bring this home from the studio. She's like, ah, don't worry about it. So apparently she doesn't even need it. Maybe I'll just make this uh, a new computer for me. No, good. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll By see. By the way, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna badger David Dodds to call in tomorrow. You usually do, and he rarely does. I'm I don't know if that's the right, right approach. I'm emailing right now. All right, you do that, and we'll talk to everybody else at ten nine cents tomorrow. With it, uh, getting ready for our angry phone call from Football Guys <laughs> co-founder David Dodds. Dodds, you suck. <laughs>